not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Podeskew Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey, you there. We've got a question for you. Are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions in culture and entertainment? If so, I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search. At From the Mid Pod, just like it sounds, or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts. Podeskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my head roll, like mate Rico. What's up, man? How you know my name? <laughs> I don't get that one. It's... Fuck. It was one of the best fucking lines of Josh Brolin imitating Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black 3, where he just, like, Oh, well, you like, pulled you, from How you know movie? my name? You pulled from a movie we didn't have on the list. That's why I didn't know it. I mean, well, shit. Well, all right. You know, I, all right. I don't care. How's that? that? See, that, that one, yeah, that one I guess. So, all right. Well, now I get it. Sorry. I, that, that's, you understand my confusion. Uh, well, why don't you take your confusion and can confuse me a cup of coffee with one of those donuts with little sprinkles on it. How's that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Happy mother, happy happy motherfucker, happy Halloween mother. Happy motherfucker day is that's, that's Father's Day. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, uh, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah, it's uh, it is that day. It is that day when it's ghouls and goblins and scariness and yeah, and and to start my day, I watched the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. God damn it! There you go. I and, love and, that. I I love the peanuts. I always have. Those are like that's my thing. So you know. Well, that's appropriate. That's usually what I hear when you talk. Um, that's that is so not true. You know <laughs> it. If anything, well, all right. What I hear when you talk is Snoopy's cry. <laughs> yeah, that sounds accurate. Yep. <laughs> that sounds accurate. So, 
Um, um, yes, up, because man? it is Halloween. But guess what? We what? did a whole plethora of Halloween shit for we you did. this well, year, I, yes, and for you fuckers last year. And, so and if you want us to t- hear about ghouls and goblins and horror movies and slashers and aliens and predators and blah blah blah. We we given you enough for now, and 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 theoretically, by the time y'all, if you're listening to this in order, if you're hearing when you're hearing this, it's after Halloween anyway. The 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 month is over, so. Um, right. And and for typical Halloween, where CJ and I record on Halloween, we're going to talk about Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is something you've been wanting to do for a little while now. You you brought this up a while back, and then it kind of got put on the shelf and. Taken off the shelf and put back on the shelf and taken off. Well, can the I shelf. can I explain the genesis of it? Uh, better than the genesis of Terminator. Yes, I I do I do agree with you on that. Um, you see what I did? Tie it all back together. I, you like? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you you <laughs> went back in time and tied it all back together. Just kind of like the fucking Terminators. Um, <laughs> I would, you know, people have actually questioned whether I like like why don't you go and do stand up comedy? And I'm like, well, I did. Once and that Once. was enough. It was yeah. it was a fucking not a great experience. Like even the people I invited didn't fucking laugh. Like <laughs> it just it like it was. I didn't know what I was doing and I winged it. And that's really not something that you should no, do. No, no, you totally you just, should. Yeah. I, and I was also significantly younger. Like I, it was at a bar on top of a restaurant that I worked at, and I was like, I wouldn't have been legally in, allowed in the fucking bar, but I'm yeah. like. I wasn't even on a stage. Like there was no stage. It was just kind of like off to the side with a microphone. If I, if I recall, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but if I recall, you even told Eddie Pence a story, and he went when yeah. you told him you winged it, like you didn't like write the material. Like even he was just like, Ugh. <laughs> right. I mean, and and really, it, and Eddie it was likes an experience. You. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, and Eddie, for the record, Eddie likes you and thinks you're funny, and even he was right. like, "Oh." <laughs> but I wasn't as funny then as I am now, and I was there, and it, it wasn't so much about stage. So fight. you just must have been was, fucking boring as all get out then, if you're not as funny. I, then I, I as was you are not now. boring, but I I just wasn't as funny. Well, that's I my point. Not... If 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 you're if you weren't as funny then as you are now, then you just had to be flat out boring. Like it, I was funny to my friends. I wasn't funny to everybody. You said they didn't laugh. I didn't invite them. Ah, because okay. they were all underage too. They wouldn't be able to get the fuck <laughs> right. in. Right. All right. Anyway, there's so, a point to you telling the this story. This <laughs> is that I'm not a traditional joke writer. Right. But occasionally I will form a bit, and I like I had this one. <laughs> I I had this one joke where I thought. If diseases had voices, what would they sound like? Oh God! And it was like it was kind of a it was it, honestly because of my humor of doing like impressions and shit. It was like I can absolutely imagine if like dementia sounded like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it, it I sort get of stem from saying. there. So, like, occasionally I'll sit and I'll write ideas and jokes, and I'll kind of flesh it out a little bit. This whole Tommy Lee Jones thing is a kind of part of that because I I've seen a multitude of Tommy Lee Jones movies, four of which we're going to talk about today. And even we might even give some honorable mentions on other ones. I think we need to. Yeah. I noticed that Tommy Lee Jones, like 
is kind of a one-dimensional actor. You like what he does, but if you ever need a fucking actor to look for someone else, Tommy Lee Jones is your fucking man. I, 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 I can give two examples where you're wrong, but I get the point you're making. So, oh, I, you're you're gonna talk about Under Siege, right? That's one of them. Yeah. All right. What's the other one? Batman Forever. But you, yeah. But you can even argue Bat he, as Two Face. He's trying to find Batman. Well, yes, but not to the not to the to the way that we're definitely going to discuss this evening, and I think the way that you're intending as a whole. You know, so. Right. Um, I think I think like one of like even like in, in there's the more obvious ones where he's hunting somebody down, right? Like a fugitive or whatever, right? But these also like you can argue that even his character motivation in majority of his films is trying to find a specific something or a specific someone. Like even in Men in Black, he is specifically trying to find a replacement, even if it's not known to the audience because you don't know that until like the last five minutes. But yeah, right, yeah. Or, or in, I mean, mate, you can kind of argue it in like uh, Captain America, where he plays what uh, General General something, yeah, Phillips or some shit. Yeah, he is trying to find. I mean, not him specifically, but he's trying to find the best soldier he can. And I would also, but I would also say, especially in that role, that he, I mean, with all respect to Tommy, that's more. It's almost, I'm stressing the word almost a cameo like it, it's a supporting it's definitely a supporting role he is not the primary uh protagonist of that film as opposed to say men in black or the four that we're going to discuss tonight which we'll list in a moment but like these other films that you're referring to even in batman even in my example of batman forever he's he's i mean well, yes he's a he's primary the, antagonist i wouldn't now see i in my opinion the Riddler's your primary antagonist in that. Honestly, I feel like your primary antagonist in that film is more Jim Carrey and the, and the Riddler than Two Face. Not saying it's not an important role, because it certainly is. But you know, um, well, I can agree with that. I mean, even all the promotional shit was all the all fucking Riddler, all Carrey. Well, the Carrey, the Carrey was thing. right. But Carrey was the the hot ticket at the time too. I mean, if I recall, he was just coming off. These Venturas and possibly even Liar Liar at the time, you know. So. Liar Liar, I think, was after. But it might have been. It it been and I'm not. Yeah, there, there was a, like Jim Carrey was definitely one of the the kings of the '90s. So like to speak. we we talk about the Kianasans for Keanu Reeves, and 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 Jim Carrey never came back around, but he had that moment where he was like the hot shit. You know what I mean? And right. you know he he's certainly has fallen off since then. And it's not because of anything with him. Like he's done stuff after that at peak that I've enjoyed. Like I really like Eternal Sunshine. I like you know we talk about horror stuff and how you see, how we talk about I don't like horror things. I really and I might have the thing the name wrong. I'm willing to admit this when it before I even say it. But I think it's Apartment Twenty Three or something the like number that. Number twenty. The number no, twenty three. Yeah. I really enjoyed that film. It's creepy as fuck, but I really enjoyed that film. You know what I mean? And and so, I think I think just since we're briefly talking about this, I think Carrie's career kind of suffered based on his relationship with Jenny McCarthy. That's part of it too. Uh, yeah, he he be kind of became. I mean, he was very much an anti-vaxer. And he kind of was coming off crazy and he was kind of coming off fueling this crazy. And, just and also it was him as he went deep method as Andy Kaufman uh, yeah, to the that, point where yeah. he couldn't 
even like he somewhat he explained it one time where he was so into Andy Kaufman that he had to, in his own eyes, do Andy Kaufman doing an impression of himself when he would talk to other people. So he was do he was Jim Carrey doing Andy Kaufman doing Jim Carrey just to come off normal. That's batshit crazy. Here, here's two things I'll say about that. Number one, just to, for the audience paying attention, when we say anti-vaxxer, we're not talking COVID because this was long before COVID was even a thing. I don't know where his right. stance on COVID is. He may not be anti-vax on that. Just I think he learned to not say anything. Is I think ultimately what happened. Right, but he still may not be anti-vax. We don't know. So I just want to stress that we don't know his stance on the COVID vaccine specifically. Sure. Um, because a lot of times right now when you say anti-vaxxer, that's where people's minds go. So I wanted to just clarify that um and then the other thing i would recommend is and i think it's still on netflix rico so if you want to see it and for the rest of the audience if you want to see it too um for a long time uh jerry seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee was a thing Mm -hmm. and he did one with jim carrey it was really kind of insightful i really recommend that one that was a really good one um and he 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 addresses some of that maybe indirectly but he addresses some, not just the not just the coffin but some of the stuff you're talking about with being with Jenny and you know right. the anti-vax stuff he doesn't he doesn't flat out say okay well this was this and this was that but like you can tell what he's talking like if you read between the lines you know what he's talking about so sure um i highly recommend you, seeing that do you want to know what Tommy Lee Jones thought of Jim Carrey on Batman Forever? Sure. Sure. He fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt he it. He flat out went to Jim Carrey and like got real close to his ear. He's like, I hate everything you do. Like you're a turd. I fucking hate every like he, he just he just like in a very like like he didn't make a bub a public thing about it. Sure. And he didn't like you know, he he didn't like tweet about it. He didn't start a feud for the public to like. No, he latch just on. wanted Jim to narrate Jim Carrey to know exactly how he felt. That's right. He he went old school Texan like I don't like you, and here's why. Yeah, like it was, and and Jim was like, I'm sure he was like, what? <laughs> yeah, he he. I don't know. I I I also think he fucking flat out did not like the zany performance as Riddler, but which is ironic because Tim uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face is probably the most energetic I've ever seen Tommy Lee Jones in a fucking movie. Under Siege is right close to it. He's very similar in that. Um, it, 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 you know, the, the way about, and that's, I keep going back to that one because I feel like those two characters are very similar in a way. And so, like, I would say that Riddler, or not Riddler, but Two-Face was under siege over the top like if you scale it back like so if you're putting the two-faced character like a 10 his uh-huh. under siege character is like a six so that's the best way to describe it you know i've always i've always compared tommy lee jones as two-face as he copied jack nicholson's joker performance which was like not what i would want for two-face no neither do i i think aaron eckhart nailed it when he, he did his, he, so. he, I still have reservations on how I still want my Two Face to fucking go on screen. Yeah, um, but I think it was closer to it what was it should have been. Better for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, he didn't look like he had a fucking purple crayon rubbed on his face. <laughs> right. All right. So let's let's tell the audience what four movies because we are going to talk about four specific movies, and neither one of them are Under Siege or Batman. 
for that mm-hmm. matter, or Men in Black, uh, right. any of the Men in Blacks, because I think we've we've done a Men in Black episode actually. So if you yep. are curious, our thoughts on that, go listen to that one. Um, but we are talking about in no particular order: uh, The Fugitive, U.S. Marshals, No Country for All Men, and Double Jeopardy. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the four primary films that we're gonna we're gonna talk about. And as we've kind of gotten in the habit of doing, Rico, I'd like to rank these before we actually get into the discussion. Um, sure. Even though they're not a, a proper franchise compared to some of the other ones that we've ranked in previous right. episodes. Um, but I will tell you right now, I have two rankings for this. I uh-huh. have two different lists for this. Okay. Because I have my level of enjoyment, the what the, the order in which I enjoyed them. And then I, I have the what I'm calling the best Tommy Lee Jones films, and okay. I'll explain what I mean in a minute. So, which one do you want first? Uh, give me the give me the one that you enjoy first. So the enjoy the enjoy list first. So the in the order in which I enjoyed them is the, is U.S. Marshals, The Fugitive, No Country for Old Men, and then Double Jeopardy. Okay. Now, for the Tommy G. Lee Jones ranking, to me, it goes, it, it, it basically is the same list except you flip-flop Double Jeopardy and No Country. And the reason is, because to me, honestly, and yes, Tommy's in it, and yes, he's really good in it, and, but to me, No Country for Old Men was more a Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin film than it was a Tommy Lee Jones film, honestly. Right. It, and that's so to me, that's not a Tommy Lee Jones film. So if I'm ranking it from a perspective of Tommy Lee, yes, he's in it and and plays a. I wouldn't see to me I, again. It's kind of like when I said he's in Two Face. He's he's the supporting role or the general in Captain America. Like to me, that character was really tertiary to the main story. You know. Mm. Um, which was more of Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem uh, going back and forth after each other. Because even Woody Harrelson was even less of a primary role in that film, you know. So that's just how I I viewed it, um, you know. But I but from an enjoyment level, I actually enjoyed that a little more than I enjoyed Double Jeopardy. Despite that, I feel like Tommy Lee's not his primary in the film. Well, No Country is definitely the darkest film of these four i i think we can agree on it's, no, it's yeah, definitely no country is one of the most quentin tarantino non-quentin tarantino films i've ever seen because you could yeah. easily watch that and assume tarantino wrote and directed that it's it's definitely a like it, it is very tarantino but it's a slow burning tarantino yes tarantino, for sure he, yeah, Tarantino's faster and there's more dialogue. I agree with that, typically. Like, the closest thing would be, like, The Hateful Eight. Yes. Because it's yes. a slow-burning, very simple plot. The The plot for No Country for Old Men is a very simple plot. It's I, a fucking dude with money trying to hide from the guy who's trying to get the money and kill him, essentially. And I, I want to stress that, that, that uh, my, my assessment of that is not uh, as being a Tarantino film. Is not a criticism of the Coen brothers because I think they did an amazing job. Like I, I listen when we put this list together of movies we were going to watch, that was the one I expected to enjoy the least, mm-hmm. and it and it ended up not being the case. And and putting Je- Double Jeopardy behind it goes back to something I've been saying all the time when since we really started ranking stuff is that I didn't not enjoy Double Jeopardy. I mm-hmm. just enjoyed No Country. Slightly more than, 
if that makes sense, you know, so. I I think, uh, well, first I'll I'll give you my ranking. Yeah, please. My ranking is is very similar to yours on the concept of I enjoyed all these movies, but I enjoyed them probably very differently. And I and I don't really try to make two separate lists. I try to keep I, it all I don't like, I don't either, but I did this time because of that distinction. So Right, but I'm 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 putting in the the levels of how much did I enjoy Tommy Lee into this list on a whole. So I'm kind of putting everything in the demographic sure. in just to make this one list. So I have the fugitive as one. Um, and then I have no country and then I have double jeopardy and then I have us marshals. I would, my, I understand why you like us marshals, <laughs> but I would kind of push my opinion in that it's probably, it's it's probably one of the weaker ones of these four, in my opinion. Uh, primarily because it's, I think what what makes the fugitive, at least for me and to the majority of the demographic, uh, so enjoyable is the is Harrison Ford and the story itself and Tommy Lee's performance. Um, it the the fucking. I feel like Tommy's the, performance is is pretty similar in both films like honestly well, he plays the same character well exactly that's kind of my point i'm saying is that, like with him being this like i don't feel like i i to me tommy is not the 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 delineation between the two films like you can't like it's the same you know what i mean and for me i put u.s marshals above because i really like i i'm a big wesley snipes fan in that kind of movie right so yeah. and it's not that i don't like harrison but honestly, like I like Harrison better when he's doing over the top action, if that's the best way to put it. Like, like Indy's very exaggerated. Star Wars, yeah. Han Solo's very exaggerated. You know, so yeah. like when he's doing those kinds of action roles versus something like Clear and Present Danger or Patriot Games or this or you know. Right. And it's again, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. If you notice, I had it say like I think you were waiting for me to put it like because I saw your face. I think you were waiting for me to have it like towards the bottom, and I definitely didn't. You know, so no, you you didn't have it towards the bottom, but I knew for a hundred percent fact U.S. Marshals gonna be number one. I I just I, I I just was thinking about it, and it's not that U.S. Marshals is a fucking bad movie, but I think the overall consensus and my opinion is that it's it's a sequel to the fugitive but it really is just not as good and i think it's just different i i what that, that that's the thing and uh, like i would i would be more on board with you if they called it the fugitive 2 or the fugitive colon something do you know what i mean it, it, like it was weird that they kind of did that that they well, they they kind of kept everything the same but but moved away from the fugitive well because mythos. Because with the fugitive, the story is really about Kimball and Richard Kimball and and Harrison Ford's character trying to get away and and prove his innocence and whatever, right? Whereas, yeah, and yes, you've got a similar story with what happens with Wesley. I get that, but this one, the 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 focus, I feel like, is more on how agent gerard and his team operate as opposed to what's going on with wesley and his character and his character is really the filler to how 
how the U.S. Marshals operate or how Gerard operates his team. And that's that's why you call it Mar- U.S. Marshals versus like the Fugitive 2 or Fugitive colon whatever, you know. I, I, w- I would agree with that. I, I honestly do agree with that. I think I have I really don't have any disdain for Wesley Snipes. Um, but he's no Harrison Ford, if that makes sense. You know, like, I, no, but... I think, I think Harrison Ford could be an action star and also bring real credible right. acting to uh, it. Like, like there's one that he, so, so going back to like, there's one that he's done. that's probably closer to this vibe that I really do enjoy. Like Air Force One, because Air Force One is not that Indiana Jones over the top either. And that I really enjoy. And it's not that, again, not that I didn't enjoy this. I, but like what we get in, in the fugitive as an overall arc, whether it's Tom with Tommy and Wesley, right. Is the same kind of thing you get in like pass- passenger 57 or murdered 1600, which I asked you to watch. And I know you did a while back, you know, yeah. or, um, there's another one Wesley's in that I'm blanking on right now. And I just can't think of it. Like, um, and it's not passenger 57, but there's another one where he's, he, he's Wesley Snipes. It's, 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 you know, he's doing martial well, he, arts. He's hunting people. You know, he, he's not the villain. He's the protagonist, but you know, well, he did one called new Jack city. I have that was, I have seen that, but that's not what I was talking about. Yeah. I know, but I'm like, see, I think that's where, I think, I think that's where Wesley kind of fits better. I think, I think Wesley Snipes is a better anti, like a sympathetic antagonist. Or a complete badass protagonist a la Blade, you know? Yeah. I think, I, I don't really, like, the one exception is, like, he's charming as fucking Major League, but, like, Major League is really not, is not trying to be anything more than what the fuck it is, you know? But for The Fugitive... I just, I, I guess I just enjoy that dynamic a little better than a dynamic that... Harrison had it's not to say he did a bad job because I don't I'm not saying that at all you know I just think I enjoy that dynamic a little more which is why it just got elevated to just slightly over you know let me let me explain it this way like Harrison Ford in the fugitive conveys his innocence and you believe his innocence almost from the beginning even though you don't see the one-armed man in the flashbacks until maybe 30 minutes into the film. I was going to say midway, but yeah, sure. I'm not going to argue yeah. that. Yeah. You, you, you kind of know he's, he's innocent. Well, it, that, you know, God, whereas sorry. with us marshals, I, the first time I saw it, I was, I was questioning whether Wesley Snipes was innocent the entire, like the majority of the time until honestly, RDJ did what he did because we'll get there. No, I, 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 was, I had it earlier, but not from the beginning. So I'm, I'm with you, you know, it's 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 more it's more blatant in 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 uh, fugitive that he, he if you're questioning if your protagonist is innocent or not the majority of the time it's it's a hard emotion to go through. Well, you know but, it's funny because as I was putting on the fugitive to get ready to start my trek down these these four films because I I'll tell you the order I watched them in um I and I don't know that it makes any kind of difference except that the fugitive and U.S. Marshals are kind of sequels if even though they're not but they are but anyway it's, so, a, it's a spinoff let's yeah, just call it what it is. yeah that's probably a better descriptor so i watched the fugitive then i watched u.s marshals then i watched no country and then i finished it off with double jeopardy and i didn't do it in that particular order for any reason except for the first two after that it was right. really just whatever but the point is that as i was getting literally as i was getting ready to, to watch the fugitive um dev had turned on Shawshank 
in her room for whatever reason. Okay. And not knowing that I was going to be watching The Fugitive, yelled out, hey, do you think Andy Dufresne was innocent? <laughs> and I said, yes, actually, I think he was. And she's like, nah, I don't know. I said, but the one guy confessed. And she's like, yeah, I don't know that that was real. So, like, it was an interesting, and it was just interesting because as I'm getting ready, I'm having this discussion as I'm loading up The Fugitive to, right. to watch that where it becomes a question, did he actually kill his wife, you know? Was that her first time watching Shawshank? No, I think it was just her her asking, first time really asking that question. Uh, but no, 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 no. I know it's not, so. Right. Um I think the I think the the interesting thing about all four of these films, Fugitive, No Country, Double Jeopardy, U.S. Marshals, is that honestly, you can if you just kind of have this like minor theory that Tommy Lee Jones's character just changed his fucking name, it it almost could be like a Third. he just got tired of being Sam Gerard and then he wanted to fuck. He's like, all right, fine, fuck it, I'm gonna be a uh, uh, a um. Uh, parole I hon- officer. I honestly then- think it would have been more intriguing in Double Jeopardy if they had done that. If they'd actually made it almost a third, you know what I mean? And made that where he just kind of not retired, but retired and became, like you said, the CEO sure. or whatever. But, um, because and if then you he remember, goes off to Texas and becomes a fucking sheriff. He's like, I'm no, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm not going to stretch it that far. But I'm just saying, like, those three worlds are at least linked in, or c- close enough to one another. That, 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 that arc, if you had done it and made hit that character in Double Jeopardy, Gerard, it could have worked. I, if you tried to pull that in No Country, it would have not worked, in my opinion. But, you know. I, I mean, I still think because he acts... Because it's Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, I, I said this earlier. He's kind of a one-note actor with very few exceptions. Like, yes, is he villainous as fuck in Under Siege? Sure. Is he animated and villainous as fuck in Batman Forever? Sure. But like overall, the mature like there's a there's an honorable mention to this to this list. It's sure. called Hunted. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's Benicio del Toro. Goes crazy, and he was one of those like, uh, like a, a black ops guys. Like he was Rambo, really. Like if you if you're in a jungle and this fucking guy is hunting you in the jungle or in the forest or whatever, you're gonna die. Oh, like, so it's Predator on Earth. It's Predator with it's it's Benicio del Predator. Is <laughs> I mean, and and. What Tommy Lee Jones is is required is, hey, guess what? He's got to track this fucking guy in the woods, but he's also the motherfucker who trained him. So it's like, who do you get to take down Rambo? You get down the guy who trained Rambo. Sure, yeah, and, that's yeah. And but it, it's and I'm not gonna lie, it's a fucking like entertaining as fuck movie because it's bloody as shit, and the, it's it's all like knife fights. And it's mm. all like Benicio del Toro, like going to a lumber yard when like the whole fucking country is looking for him and hunting his ass down. And he like takes a piece of like lumber and, and, and metal and, and fucking makes a goddamn jagged ass knife with a fire in the middle of the fucking forest. And Tommy Lee Jones does the same thing. He like flits with rocks, a fucking little knife. And they like, it's these two fucking guys stalking each other and occasionally, like, slashing each other and running away and taunting each other. It's just that for two fucking hours. 
So it's the fugitive. It's no country for all men. It's double jeopardy to us marshals, but with fucking knives. Well, and, and he, here's the thing I want to say about these films as a whole, and and this one I have to escape. I have to leave no no country out of this comment because it doesn't apply. Honestly, just being honest about it. But while they're all good movies. I got to tell you, and then part of the reason I might have moved Double Jeopardy so far down to the bottom is that the trope of I'm innocent, I didn't do the job, I don't care, let me catch you, okay, I think you're innocent, now I'll help you. But the third film kind of got old, if that makes sense. Like, right. you know, He's like. Not, he doesn't do that in No Country, I'll give you that. No, he did. It's not, but, but I'm saying, and I'm not even saying about Tommy, just that overall trope, even if it was different actors, just watching that same trope three movies in a row after a while you're like oh all right she you know the 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 one twist in double jeopardy spoilers that he's not actually dead you know whereas in the other two people actually died you know like you know after a while i was like okay you know well let's let's we kind of been all over let's 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 go to the fugitive so what what did what else did you do you have any criticisms or praise of the fugitive no i mean yeah i mean as all it's it's a good movie i didn't not enjoy it if anything it's a one one a scenario really Uh you know like it it's not you know i i you know this is one of the things i i know i suggested the ranking so i'm not even giving you a hard time but like that's one of the negatives of ranking is like it's like giving this opinion of like people think you know Oh, what it I comes mean, off like, like if you have the fourth one, you fucking hate it. Is, is, right. But you don't intend and, it to be. Yeah. Or or that I didn't like The Fugitive because I have it two instead of one. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's not the case. I enjoyed it. If The Fugitive is a movie I would watch again. I don't know if I would buy it. That may be the I don't know if I would buy mm. any of them. To be stripped, to be perfectly fair, I don't think I wouldn't buy U.S. Marshals. I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think I'd. But it's also one of those movies that I was flipping through channels, or if I was on Netflix and I was in a mood for something like that, and I went, "Oh, U.S. Marshals there," or the or the fugitive is there. Like, all right, well, let me put that on and watch it. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not that I wouldn't want to watch it again. It it you know and you know because a lot of yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll flip it to the other side. A lot of without the skill set, because that's important. Um, although I do feel like Kimball had a little too much knowledge about how to be on the run than I think he should have for being a vascular doctor. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, you know, um, no, because it's it's very born like in his ability to dodge Tommy Lee through the whole fucking film. But the difference is, born is trained on how to like this to fuck up here you know and to the and to the other arguments so is what so is wesley snipes like right wesley snipes, whereas like point is, Doc, yeah. dr kimball's a little too good at that i'm not saying he should have got caught right away but i mean like you i know. mean there's intelligence of hey i can operate on a heart and then there's i know how to fucking hide from tommy lee jones i mean right. but i think the point is that he did make mistakes like he, he was getting to the point where he was almost caught numerous times sure Sure, and I mean, yeah, and and he definitely made some rookie mistakes, like when he went to the lockup to try to find the one guy that he thought was the guy that was, you know, like that you don't do, you but, know what I mean? But that's so. also a mistake on the cops' point of view, where it's like they're looking for this motherfucker, and what they should have just done is say, hey, this one armed prisoner, like he is on this list, so if anyone comes to talk to this guy, we need to be on red alert. 
And no right. one did that shit. That would that was the most flawed thing that Sam Gerard did. Whereas he wasn't like, I need someone to keep an eye on this motherfucker. I don't know if that was the most flawed thing, because I, I would argue like well, it was and, out of character, in my opinion. Well, okay, that that I will give you because, like, there's a there's a he and the one character, and I'm blanking on his name. He keeps calling him the young boy. Excuse me, but that's uh, he's got a name. It's Drew, I think. Yeah, I think it's true. Uh, they have a very interesting relationship, especially from the fugitive to U.S. Marshals, but. Right. They have a very unique relationship. Well, I I think it's implied that he's the newest member of the group. So no, he's yes, kind of, but yeah. And I think that's still like their first six months of getting to know each other, and that's fair. and and then by U.S. Marshals, they clearly have that kind of father son type of relationship, right? Or at least mentor mentee kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, uh, I just want to get this out of the way. How excited and happy were you that fucking Joe Pantoliano was in these fucking movies, or at least two of the movies? <laughs> I just think it's I, I I I remember texting you with this, and then and you you said you you had told me, but I don't remember. But you know, if it's I, the if it's the nineties yeah. and he's available, Joey Pants is in the movie. That's that's what it is. So I think I I was like we talked about him specifically not just in the Matrix but also in the Goonies episode, and I was like, you need to see the Fugitive. Like you, fuck Bad Boys and fuck you know Bad Boys is a good time and he's sure. funny as fuck in that. Sure. But you need to watch the Fugitive because he is, and he fought hard to not have his character killed off. If you watch his character at the end of the Fugitive, he is moving around. For someone who's just been like who's on a gurney to try and show the audience at no point is he dead. So he's like, I I know I'm coming for a sequel. And if they try to write me out, I'm gonna have a bitch fit. <laughs> I am making sure the audience knows that I'm a, because he is like as he says, like, you know, you tell Sam that I am taking my vacation and blah 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 blah. That's the last thing he says in the fugitive when he's knocked the fuck out by big ass fucking what is uh, uh steel or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. He gets not. He gets fucking hit in the face with a big ass fucking thing, like the Terminator. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, yeah. And and he, you can clearly see that is some voiceover dubbing. And I'm pretty positive Joe Pantoliano went to the director and was like, "You are not going to kill off this character because I know this is popular enough. I know you're going to make a fucking sequel. I know you're going to make a fucking spinoff. So I need to come in and do some looping and say I'm having my vacation now." I Just actually so the audience knows. Um, I actually was a little annoyed. I know it's going to sound dumb that they replaced the woman from The Fugitive to U.S. Marshals. That's a different they actress. Did? I didn't yeah. even notice. That's a different actress. I'll, I'll get you the names, but I was really kind of annoyed by that because I like that actress from The Fugitive mm-hmm. a little more than um, the one that ended up being in U.S. Marshals. And it's just because I've seen her in other stuff that I enjoy her in. So when I saw that right. she was in it, I knew she was going to be a secondary character for sure. That's just obvious, right? So like, I'm not like, oh great, it's a her, it's a her movie now. But like, it was like, all right, cool, it'll be cool. To, and she killed it, like I expected. And then, and then, well, do you know? Is there a reason why she didn't? I have show? no, I didn't, no, I, I, didn't I, I find didn't, that out. I did not look it up. I can try to find it. I, I yeah. will be honest, I did not look that up. But um, because because it is kind of one of those movies where like the crew is kind of essential, like. 
the big tall dude with a mustache we've seen a million fucking movies. Who, like, oh, by the way, there's a great scene from, I know we're trying to say just to the fugitive right now, but there's a great scene in the Mar- U.S. Marshals where mm-hmm. I feel like either he fucked up or the rest of the cast fucked up or there was a change and they didn't tell him or he just made a really bad choice as an actor. So I'm not sure which thing happens, but they're in the bar celebrating. Mm-hmm. And they're, they just did the announcement on the TV, and everyone's like, yay! And he turns around with his beer, and he puts it in the middle like everyone's going to clank and do, like, a toast, and nobody does shit. And he's like, right. oh, and then you see him, like, waving the beer bottle around, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then he pounds on the table a few times. And I don't know if that was, like scripted or if that was a fuck up but it cr- I rewound that like three yeah. times because it was so funny to me. I remember that. I think it's I think honestly do you ever play this game where you're like is that the first take or is that the 70th take? Uh, no but I, I don't Oh care it's so fun. You, you should try it sometime. Watch a movie that you know well enough and see and just play the game okay was that the first take because there's a fuck up right there. Do you think like they were just like Hey, and he, and he did what he did, and the director was like, "I like that because we." How many times have we all done something like that? Where like you you try to give somebody a high five, and they're mid high five with somebody else, and they just uh, don't notice. Yeah, and just or, like, or you just, and then you, you kind of do that wave to everybody yeah. else. Be like, <laughs> "Hey, or how you some, doing? Yeah, or you think someone's waving at you, and you're like, "Oh, hey!" And then you realize they're waving at somebody behind you, and you just have to be like, "Oh." just brushing my hair you know out of my eyes right when right, I'm bald, right you know no one will notice that and then you know it's uh, it's 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 fun okay to, i think if i was that director and i saw that if i saw that actor do that i would have been like look we all do stupid shit like that i think we're keeping it okay so and that might be what happened but it was just something i noticed and it, it i actually ended up rewinding it a few times because it just made me laugh all right so update on the conversation we were having about the the woman so it turns out it looks like it's actually and and here's the thing that's real this actually kind of irritates me even more i'm not gonna lie to you it's not even the same character mm, okay but they don't ever address that at any point in the film and because they casted it with a same age African American woman, unless you look this shit up like I just did or pay attention to the credits, I bet you never fucking know there's a difference. Yeah, it, it's like it kind of brings up the question of is it racist that we just cast another black woman to play another black woman and, well, and just have everyone assume it's the same character? Or. Is it more racist that we completely just filled in that void of, <laughs> yeah, well, right? she doesn't want to come back, but we, but we, we don't want anyone to ask where that, where the, where the black lady goes. She was awesome in the first movie. So we're going to recast her, but give it a different name, but not acknowledge that it's, it's a, a different character. Different character. Yeah. So I don't, I honestly, I think their hands were kind of fucking tied on how they handled it. They could have just said, oh, well, you know fucking bridget didn't show up you know she's on vacation but now we got bridget too (laughs) there's really no easy way of doing it also like it's it's not if if they kept going if they kept making these movies and let's say actress a was in three of the movies and then for whatever reason contract dispute she died whatever the fuck whatever the reason is they and, and then we're like oh well they have to recast her 
So then it's like like Dumbledore, you know, like, well, fuck, Richard Harris is dead. We're gonna, we know that's not Richard Harris, or we know that's not Terrence Howard as fucking War Machine. Right. We just have to accept what it is. Because at this point, there's now a mythology being sort of put in place, so to speak. So now you this is just fugitive in US Marshals, and I guarantee until people actually saw US Marshals, they didn't fucking really fully comprehend this was a sequel spinoff to the fugitive. It is unless it the tra- is being... unless the trailers were really pushing like from the director of the fugitive or from the crew from from the team in the movie right, with Harrison right. Ford. <laughs> yeah. Is another um... movie with Almost 100% of the team, but this time, they're not hunting Harrison Ford. They're hunting someone else. They did They did say, it does say here in the trivia that it is a direct sequel, just so you know. It is considered mm-hmm. a direct sequel. Um, so in, in The Fugitive, it's L. Scott Caldwell as the actress. Okay. And is that is that the initial L or the word E L L E? The initial. The initial. Okay. Um, like F. Mary Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Fuck you, F. Mary Abraham. Yeah. And then, and the character's name is Poole. Okay. In U.S. Marshals, it's Latanya Richardson, and the character's name is Cooper. You know, it, it says a lot about us. Where we're all kind of like, like you noticed. I didn't fucking notice because I, I, I mean, normally that would be something I kind of would notice because I'm like, Hey, what happened to Hey? But I don't know why I, I, it almost feels like they should have just maybe just not had the character, but there's no explanation of why she didn't Well, I mean, and to be fair, she was, I mean, with all respect to both actresses and, and whatever she, they are secondary characters on this team right. like like honestly your main characters from the team are obviously gerard tommy lee jones joey pants and in my opinion the young boy a, a little more than even the guy with the mustache you know what i mean it, but it would definitely go because there's different ways of doing it in fugitive it would be it would be Tom. It would be it would be gerard it'd be joey pants and then it'd be the dude with the mustache then it would be the kid and then it would be her and it's nothing against her it's just no, how the, the how, characters the, is the, not the most used dialogue and everything and yeah. yeah the characters is not used very much in either film it's not it's not a shot at the actors in any right. way whatsoever yeah but then in u.s marshals it's gerard and then it's i would even argue it's the kid because he is such a important faction yeah to... it's no, it's him and joey pants who could go either way but yeah right. for sure yeah and, and then, then it's I mean, then it's RDJ. Point, it's, it's really it's RDJ. Who you pr- yeah. Um, and then and then the guy with the mustache, like that guy gets that guy gets dropped down the ladder quite a bit in the second one. But yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Do um, much. I. But going back to the going back to the fugitive and focusing just on that for a minute, like yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I mean, I I didn't. I did, and I didn't enjoy the story because I do hate the "you're innocent and have to prove yourself." Nobody believes. Like I hate in general. Like I hate it. I hate that about the Shawshank Redemption too. As much as I love the movie, I hate the "ain't nobody believes me." I don't care. You know, like they're, they're just that 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 tunnel vision. You're the guy. You're you know. I hate that about the Da Vinci Code. Honestly, like like if you remember. <laughs> Because the 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 French detective, his Opus Dei uh, bishop says to him, "Langdon's your killer," right? And so he doesn't even bother. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he doesn't just, do any detective work. He really is just like, I gotta hunt this guy down. Well, yeah, it's but you know, I mean, Tommy certainly does a little more detective work, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, he's just like, I'm here to get Kimball. Like you said, like the line you pulled from the beginning, like I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Like, <laughs> right. But that's kind of the crux. Oh, that's not that's not the crux. That's the core of those types of characters. Is that it doesn't matter whether you're innocent or guilty. My job is no, to I, hunt you right. down. And, and, and there's, and, and there's the, a little bit of that in one of the Fast and the Furious films when they introduce The Rock. His character is like, I don't give a shit if you're good or bad, you know, and, and Dom's a little more bad than the people in these films. But, like, right. his thing is, like, I don't care, you know, how good you are. My job care. is to catch you and either put you behind bars or put you down. Like that's, that's my job, you know? Right. So it's like, if you want to plead your innocence, that's fine. You can go to a judge, but until then I'm the one who's got to get your ass to a judge. Like, but that's the thing. Like most of the judges aren't good. The fear is, and I can understand this cause I've been accused of shit that I haven't done. Not, not to the level of going to jail or, or being prosecuted. Did you kill your wife? If I had one, maybe, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Um, Jesus. <laughs> no. Um, but no, but seriously, like, I, I've been accused of stuff that I had nothing to do with, and, and, and nobody believed me, and, and that's not a fun place to live in. You know what I mean? And, and, and so, like, I, I really find myself empathizing with these, you know, with, with, with Dr. Kimball, with Wesley Snipes' character, with Ashley Judd's character. Like, you know, well, isn't that the kind of the point? Um, yes, but I mean, to the point where, like, I almost feel it. Like, I, I like there was a point where I almost got anxiety watching this because, like, I mean, this fucker's gonna get arrested or shot. And nobody's gonna like when they took it to the point where they, you know, like I, I swear to God, Rico, like I, I was digging the fugitive. I was enjoying it. And this didn't, this had no effect on my ranking, but I was digging it. I was enjoying it. And then they get to the scene where he's on the train chasing the actual killer. And oh, the, yeah, the subway. Okay. The subway and accidentally yeah. shoots the cop. No, 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 no. He didn't or, shoot no, the cop. no, that's right. The other guy shoots the cop, but, but they, right. all the Chicago police assume Kimball did it. And right. I'm like, if this motherfucker ends up dying. Because the cops are just like, fuck him, he's a cop killer. You know what I mean? Like, um, like that would have immediately put it forth. I'm not going to lie to you. If that had happened, I would have immediately dropped it to the last on my list. Oh, I, I would agree. If they did something like that, I would agree with you. Where, you know, it's it's making you, as the audience, relate, identify, sympathize, however you want to put it, with these people that you know are innocent, like Ashley Judd or fucking Harrison Ford or Wesley Snipes. The, the, the one that's the least innocent is honestly Josh Brolin in this. So when he, spoiler, dies, you're kind of, you, you're like, uh, But I was a little upset fuck? about that too, honestly. I felt bad about it, but I wouldn't have felt as, if, if Harrison Ford had died or if Ashley Judd had died or Wesley Snipes had died, I would have felt way worse for them because they actually were innocent. I Whereas, get, yeah. I gotta say, though, of... Go ahead, sorry. I mean... I was like, because Josh Brolin was really not doing himself any favors the entire movie. I I, I will say this, despite my ranking of the three, so I'm just gonna exclude No Country for a second, because I'm with you about Brolin's character, even though I didn't Mm -hmm. like that he died. 
with the three from the the actual chase films, for lack of a better way to put it, right? Mm-hmm. Of the three, if Kimball had gotten killed, I think it's the one I would have been the most upset about. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. Like, that one really would have annoyed the fuck out of me. I don't think she was ever going to in in risk of dying, so maybe that's why I wasn't as worried about that, you know, in the sense that, like, nobody was out to hunt her down to kill her. You know, mm-hmm. whereas at one point, at one point, it felt less like let's reapprehend Kimball and put him back in jail, and now just became let's put the motherfucker down. Like it, it, right. it, it shifted vibes at, at one point. Where with with her character, with Libby, it never gets to a point of let's kill her. I don't feel like it does. Maybe right. for for her for ex husband, but not for the police. Right? Like right. And the- and with Wesley Snipes' character. Yes, the people that have put him on the path that got him there want him dead, but but like Gerard never wants him dead. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know. It it didn't have the same feel to me. Kimball's Kimball's death would have been the one that would have pissed me off the most if it had happened. I think Kimball, especially <laughs> due to the circumstances of why he's a fugitive in the first place, sure, is that he was the target, and then his wife was killed brutally. Right. Right. That I think, and, and I have got to give a lot of uh, praise to Harrison Ford. You really feel for his character in that interrogation scene. Yeah, like you want to cry based on his performance. No, I got angry. I, I was angry too, but I but I've also seen this a zillion times. But sure, it's it's from what I understand and I, from my research. He, Harrison Ford, did not know the questions they were going to ask him in that particular scene. So for him to be accused and to react as naturally as possible. Nice. So when they're like, when the, when they start to insinuate that he is their suspect, that look of shock and anger and, and resentment and, and offense that Harrison Ford displays, like, how many times have you and I been so caught off guard by someone saying something? We're like, how dare you? Like, it, it, like well, yeah, to, and say the, to say the words, how dare you comes from a deep core of like, you said the worst fucking thing you could ever fucking say. No, how for dare sure. You? And, and when that's a thing, like I was, maybe that's a product of me watching so many cop shows that I do, mm-hmm. you know, typically, if they've got you in the interrogation room, they automatically, they already got a pretty good idea you, they, you're their main suspect, right? Sure. Like, I've seen cop shows where, you know, a, a, a spouse has died, you know, in under, you know, suspicious circumstances like this. And right. they'll talk to the person, but it'll be in their home or in a more, like, neutral setting. And it isn't until they, okay, you're our guy or our person that they put you into those interrogation rooms, whereas they brought Kimball right to that fucking room. So, like, I was like, okay, they're going to pin this on this motherfucker immediately. Plus, I kind of knew the premise of the movie anyway. But right, still, like the fucking title speaks for itself. Despite like, that, it's been around for 28 years, I think, or something like right. that. So, like, I, I, I've, known, I've known the premise of this movie forever, you know. So, you know, it... We- yeah, there, there's not going to be any fucking mystery. I'm like, I wonder who the fugitive is. I wonder if it's going to be Harrison Ford. Like, yeah, 
It's right. fucking fucking obvious. Like, right, right, right. At least right. U.S. Marshals is like you don't you could not know U.S. Marshals is a sequel to The Fugitive and be like, well, I just it's about U.S. Marshals. Sure. And and then you're like, oh no, it's a fugitive sequel. Ooh. It's a backdoor but, fugitive sequel. Yeah. I still um, don't know what the fuck the title for No Country for Old Men really, honestly, fucking means. To be perfectly fair. Yeah, neither do, neither do I. Um, well, I, I kind of, because uh, I think the old men part is Tommy, but that's my point. Like, it it focuses on Tommy, but it doesn't, and that's the weird part about that film, but... I, I, don't, uh, I don't agree that he's... I mean, he's definitely important in the story, but I, I think he is... I, I think he's a supporting character, but he's not... He's not Gerard. He's not Double Jeopardy. Well, that's what I'm know. saying, and I'm not saying he's it's third not a, built. third at worst, fourth. Yeah, I mean, you know, like so. I I don't. I'm not saying he's not important to the story, but I'm saying comparatively to the other three films, he's not nearly as important as he is in in those other three films. True, but if you take him out or his character out, then the whole movie of No Country for Old Men, in my opinion, falls apart. Because uh, he is... I don't know if I agree with that. He's the only one who really is trying to get Josh Brolin alive and well, save him. Yes. Yeah, no, that that's true. I can't disagree with you there, but I don't like, know... But it doesn't ultimately end up that way anyway, so... But that's because Josh Brolin was unwilling. I mean, even Woody Harrelson had clear opportunity to be like, I will fucking take you away from, like, we'll protect you. But his main motivation was the money. He was like, I don't, I don't think you he know. ever met with Brolin. I, I know he met with Javier, but I don't remember him meeting with no, Brolin. No, 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 he was in the hospital. Remember, he, he, That's he got right. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he had clear right. opportunity you're... to fucking be like, you're in custody now, motherfucker. He, True. I think he even plays a, a U.S. Marshal. I, well, that's what he says. I almost wonder if he, if that's not what he really was. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this much. Out of all these movies, if they ever had at like book, like like before the movie books in the book, <laughs> in the book, I would fucking read No Country for Old Men because I've read, I think I read it was called The Road, uh, by the same author Cormac McCarthy. Okay, and I will say this. I mean, just for a brief minute, sure. The Coen brothers, like Tarantino, are usually regarded as some of the best dialogue writers in the business. Oh yeah, they they write some good good dialogue, and there's some there is some in this. But I've also like I I've talked like Maxwell, for example. I'm pretty positive has read No Country for Old Men. Alex, my brother Alex, for sure has, and he said that honestly, the Coen brothers really didn't change that much that no country for old men the book is word for almost word for word how you see it in the movie to the point where the final scene with tommy lee and and the other old guy are talking and about the dreams and whatever mm. that's all verbatim in the book so i, I think the I, like you can enjoy the other movies more but i would argue that no country for old men is the quote-unquote best film of uh, these yeah, four? Yeah, yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. If we're talking about just from a yeah, and it won what four Academy Awards if I saw correctly, three or four. So For the record, Stephanie hates that movie. I can like, see that. I like, I'm not, I, I I'm was not like, you gotta watch this. This is gonna be awesome. You're gonna like this movie and and she was like I that was 
two and a half hours of I fucking hated this movie. I'm not. I can't tell you that I'm surprised by that because I'm. I'm really. Not. I was a little surprised because I, I I like introduced movies to her that were similar in the sense of like, well, there's the really. I think her her main thing is whenever she wants a movie, she wants a protagonist that she could relate to, mm-hmm. and so there's really nobody relatable in her mind's eye of no country. There's not She's really like, a w- protagonist in this. I mean, Tommy's the closest thing you got, and even he's 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 tired. He doesn't want to do this crap. Right, anymore, that's what I'm know? saying. So, like, you really don't have a protagonist in that film. And, period. And what do they do to the one sympathetic woman in that fucking movie? Oh, the, the, the woman at the pool. No, uh, no, he, uh, um, his fucking wife. Oh, um, does she? I see. I that, to me, it was clear that if they killed her or not, because he just walks oh. out. You know, he's. Well, I know he what walks- he says. I know what he says to her. I remember that. But then there's the whole coin flip, and she doesn't call it. So I don't know. To me, it was a little unclear whether or not. All right. Well, I'll explain it. Yeah. He walks out, and he checks his. He checks his boots. I remember. Yeah. To see if there's blood on it. That's I was why wondering if that's that. what that was. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah, she's she's dead. Like and and who who gets away? It's fucking sugar. Like he the villain I mean, he's beat the fuck up, but he walks away pretty much. Like it's 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 yep. one of those rare movies where a villain really fucking wins. It's the- it's I just have to read this to you very quick. It's it's not even like a trivia fact or anything. It's just I'm looking. I've got the casting up for No Country, mm-hmm. and and some of the like we've talked about in the past in general. I'm not even picking on a particular franchise or film where even if we don't know the character's name, there's a name in the credits. Like okay. we, we've talked about, we've we've just talked about how that exists. We've never really right. like yeah. Stephen Root in this yep. movie. Mm-hmm. In the credit, at least on the IMDb credit, I don't know what it says on the actual scroll in the movie. It says "Man Who Hires Wells." It doesn't even it it, it just listed as "Man Who Hires Wells," which is true because I don't think yeah. you ever get his name. But it's it's just funny to me that that's how that's listed. I think. See, I'll I'll say this with the Coen Brothers: if they're adapting something, they will adapt it to the point where if the author said this is the character's name or doesn't give it the character a name, then they'll just be like, well, no, I, I, I appreciate this thing true to form. I just thought it was funny more than anything, you know? So, um, did you ever see there? Did you ever see the remake of true grit? No, no. I read, I saw, I've seen the original true grit with John Wayne. And I saw the remake, and I was fucking floored by the remake of how good it was. I've he- I've heard that about that. I've not seen and, it, but I've heard that. And then I read the book, and just like I was saying with like their adaptation, what you're reading is exactly how it is. Like the dialogue sounds too witty and too, uh, too intelligent and melodic for what you would expect from a western. Most westerns are like. Well, you know, get up and I got to get that varmint and, you know, got them engines coming after me. Like real kind of generic Western dialogue, right? This is like if Quentin Tarantino added like, like instead of saying, um, I ran across the field, they would be like, well, I uh, acquiesced my way across the field, and I and and, and I tripped over the rocks, and I picked the. Fa- like, they they take a simple sentence and they expand it to the point where it doesn't sound believable, right? And that and the but the Coen brothers can take that unbelievable dialogue and make it believable, like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's another yeah. one where well, he can then... take those long monologues and make it sound like friends talking to each other. 
But even he said, well, my friends don't fucking talk like how I write. My friends talk like how you talk to your friends. Like, hey, what'd you do last night? Oh, I got blown. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and 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 just to that point, like, um, and it's not a, it's it's more of a comedy film than than No Country, but like still Coen Brothers, like, there's there's dialogue that that Clooney spits out in Old Brother that's like you could have said that with fifteen fewer words and got the same point across. So I mean, they do that a right. lot. It's it's not, but we should we should go back and finish up the Fugitive, and we can double back to No Country. I mean, we're we're definitely. I will just just before we go back agree with you that from a from a film perspective yes it is the best film in in the grouping for sure, sure. yeah um but yeah so so um but yeah the fugitive I I ultimately ended up liking how it came out I'm glad that you know Gerard goes from the I don't care to you know I believe you and let me help you by the end of the thing you know what I right. mean the the only thing that the only I think Two things I'll say. I found it really interesting. There's two really iconic scenes from The Fugitive that I've been aware of for years, having never seen it. And it's him jumping off the bus right before the train hits the bus. Yeah. Which, that's just, everyone's known that scene. It's been recreated a thousand times in various shit. That's and a then, trailer scene. It's, it's also a trailer yeah. scene, right? And then there's the scene where he's in like the zip up hoodie or zip up fleece, standing there with his hands above his head, right before Tommy Lee's like, you know, uh, and he says, "I didn't kill my wife." And you, they cut the trailer cuts it before he says, "I don't care." He just it just cuts it. I didn't kill my wife. Sure. What I was surprised that is that both of those take place in the first like 25 minutes like i you know those two iconic scenes are very early on in the film there's a whole lot of shit that happens after that not saying in a bad way but it was just not what i expected if that makes sense Uh, sure i can i can understand that um i i always liken those as those are trailer scenes like what are they going to put in a trailer to really captivate us no for sure those are definitely the most iconic ones without spoiling the film that's true um yeah uh, I, I will add that the, the, I don't care was more or less improvised. Well, um, according to this, they, uh, they both improvised a lot of their scenes, especially together. They improvised a lot of their scenes together, but that specifically was Tommy Lee Jones going to the writer and saying, can we change this line? Because it was originally something very specific. It was like, um, it, it was something akin to like, I didn't kill my wife. And then he says something like, that's not my problem, or it doesn't matter, or it, it just it, did, it came off clunky, and it wasn't iconic and funny. The best way to describe it is, ironically, Harrison Ford in Empire. You know, I love you, I know. Like, first and foremost, just for a split second, that's a really douchey thing to say to the woman who for the majority of the time you've been spending time together has never pr- expressed her love for you. And she's saying it because she thinks you're about wait, to die. Wait, what, what? I think I missed something somewhere. I was reading. I, I'm talking about like iconic lines. Like empire strikes back is another one okay. where she's where Leia says, I love you. And he goes, I know. Yeah. That's a fucking douchebag thing to do. But it's also but, like, it's, it's a, it's also a very hair. It's also a very Han solo thing to do. Right. The original line was, I love you too. And Harrison went to Lucas or, or who, or Kirshner and said, 
I, I, I yeah. think it should be this, and, and it the, goes with the character. The irony in that, the irony in that is that I know a lot of people that have that are huge fans of Star Wars, as as we are, obviously, but like even maybe bigger than we are, like because they like they'll do like cosplay and shit or whatever. And I right. know you have for Halloween, but anyway, the point is, like I was at a wedding with two people that were huge fans, and in they, now they they plan this or at least she asked him to do it where mm-hmm. at the end of her they wrote their own vows and at the end of the vows she says I love you and she had told him for fun say I know and he was right. kind of like that's not really the time to do it we're getting married this that and the third and then when the day came he did it and she she was like yes like you know she kept her she she got that shock look because she was pretty confident he wasn't going to do it and he did it and I've seen it at a couple other times too so like that's, oh, that's it, become it's, a thing it's now. Part of jewelry. What's that? Yeah, yeah. It's, like I think, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I haven't looked at the necklace for a long time, but I think there's a there's a necklace that is literally you you one person wears half of it, the other person wears the other half, like one of those friendship necklaces. And it's literally, I love you. The other one is, I know. And it's it's like, <laughs> it's so kind of stupid because imagine you're just the one person saying, I know. You have a necklace that says, I know. What? What? <laughs> well, I got you. But... It only works. It, it, it would be like if, you know, if, if people got like friendship tattoos, but one of them, is like, it, and it's like to complete an inside joke, but no one gets it. Like one has the, like the, the setup for the joke. The other one has the punchline. <laughs> and then like, you're just like, how the fuck do you guys, like, it only works if you guys stand next to each other and show, pull out your asses to show your tattoos. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, the whole point of, I don't care. It, it honestly became an iconic fucking line. The whole interaction. Sure. Is it is an iconic line? I would also argue that, th- in my opinion, there are more. There are just as memorable scenes um, in the Fugitive that are not trailer scenes, I, like the whole "I don't bargain" portion. Yeah, that that I still have a minor problem. Like Gerard did what he did, but I always was really mystified by how he didn't comfort the kid. Well, that's the part I was talking about, and then the weird dynamic between that one and what ultimately ends up being in U.S. Marshals. Sure. Because, it, it, you know, at one point, you think that kid's going to punch him in the face for what he did. Like, you, 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 I half expected him to do it. No, he didn't, right. and that's fine. I don't have a problem that he didn't, but I wouldn't have been like, ooh, if he had. <laughs> you know, I would have been like, right. good for you, motherfucker, you know. Um you know, you talk about the you talk about the um the uh the 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 uh, douchiness of the line and um of I know right no 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 that I don't care because you said that was kind of I, douchey. no 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 I didn't call that douchiness I said I know is douchiness just on the whole if someone says I love you and you say I know. I, but really I thought you were also like the saying that the, the other one was kind of it. Maybe I misunderstood your point as a whole. I apologize if I did. But... I'm saying in terms of rewriting a line to make it. Oh, okay, okay, sound, okay. The, that's yeah, all I was my bad. I apologize because I was going to say that's something you would expect someone like him to be to say at that moment was like, I, I, I'm just here to get you. I don't give a shit if you're innocent. Right. <laughs> like, um. Anyway. But yeah, I, I look like I, as a whole. As a whole, I did. I did really enjoy it. I, you know, I. It, is it on my all-time 
top 10 probably not but is it something no. that is it something that i would watch again sure like if 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 we were hanging out again you know and uh-huh. just sitting around and you're like dude i'm kind of in the mood to watch a fugitive do you want to watch i'd be like yeah put it on i don't give a shit like i would not be like oh you know what i but mean I, like, but i also would not fault you if you were like looking at your phone while it's on at the same time it's it's not one of those movies where it's like dude fucking pay attention this shit i think it is it's the first time you watch if it's the first time you're watching it but after you've seen it yes i would agree with you that it can be one right. of those ones that yeah but at the same nope. time, if you did that during like Passenger Fifty Seven or one of those films, or Con Air, you know what I mean? Like right. after the first viewing, it's same thing. So, um, I the the final thing I would say about the Fugitive is well, actually, this too. The the whole I have to give them credit. They did they snuck in that um, St. Patrick's Day parade. That was not planned. I saw that. Yeah, I saw. That's that. pretty fucking awesome that they were able to do that. Well, that's and gonna- and. It's kind of like whatever with Aaron when we went to Red Bank. Do you remember? Uh-uh. We'll finish with your point. I'll tell you. Well, I was just saying, like, the, the fact they were able to, like, film and get th- get away with it. And, and literally, they were able to film for about 20 minutes before people started being like, is that fucking Harrison Ford? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> right. Right. Like, all these Chicago, like, Irish fucking, like, is that, fu- is that fucking... <laughs> Is that Indiana Jones? The fuck is he doing here? Like, it's just that. Yeah, you know, welcome to Chicago. Nice to fucking meet you. Who the hell is that? Like, just and to see Tommy Lee Jones acting like an asshole, running through and like, like anybody who's running in a parade, you notice immediately. Sure. So, because it's a very rigid, slow pace, and there's fucking you know drum beats and shit. So anybody going out of step, you're like, who's that dipshit? Oh my god, it's Tommy Lee Jones. Oh my God! It's Harrison Ford. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. What were you gonna say about Aaron? Uh, Pants is Aaron. When we were up in Red Bank, I, I could have sworn you heard this story. I'm surprised you don't know what I'm talking about. But um, oh the 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 uh, the, the pro- gay uh, the gay the gay the LGBTQ uh, march that was happening. It was, plan- it was a Planned Parenthood. Was it March? Something, no, no, something it was, like no, that. no, no, no. There was a he plan. Was on pa- the right side. Let's put it that way. Right. No, no. Yeah, for sure. He. No. There, there was a Planned Parent thing that it happened that we all drove past that we talked about at breakfast. But then after that, when we went to the after we were done at the station, we all kind of dispersed briefly before regrouping at Quick Stop. He ran down to Yestercade, and I'm not telling something out of out of turn. He tells the story on BFITW. So if if you you know want to hear the exact details, go listen to it there. But and I'm not saying that because I'm being shitty. I just don't remember all the specifics. But right, he came out of yes. Miss, you don't want to be wrong. Exactly. He comes out of Yestercade, and there's an LGBTQ parade, or like it's actually like a. I, I don't want to say protest. I think it was more like a a march, just like a hey, we're here and we're we're allowed to be and that kind of. It was a positive thing, like you said. He was on the right side of thing, and he ended up just being in this in this march for like 20 minutes. Just he just walked right. into it and walked with them and. You know, so yeah. No, I do. I do remember that. Yeah. Um. The final thing is, do you ever listen or watch any of John Mulaney's stand up? Um, I may have seen some of it, but I don't. I don't actively watch it. No. So okay. He 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 does this great fucking bit. I think it was in the Comeback Kid, one of his earlier specials, and he talks about the first time he met Bill Clinton. Mm. And he was 10 years old. And as he's talking about how he is 10 years old and met Bill Clinton in Chicago, it was because he's from Chicago. It was 
he he keeps interrupting him his own story by explaining, oh well, they actually did this convention at the same place that they did the the final scene, the dinner party in the fugitive. Ah, okay. So he starts saying, yeah, but look, so I I, I was meeting Bill, you know, the, the fucking movie in The Fugitive, you know, with the, you know, that that whole scene where, you know, Richard Kimball goes up and he yells at he's like, it, it was Lance, you fucking did this shit. Right, right, right. And he's like, yeah, so like we didn't know no, I'm CJ, I'm telling you oh. how he said it okay. on stage. Where he is like explaining how he is trying to get to this Bill Clinton story, but then he keeps interrupting himself and then goes into like a minute and a half with one breath type of monologue of the whole movie. Like he critiques the whole movie in the middle of him trying to get to the point (laughs) of telling this story. And in the middle of all this, he said, and then the villain was just like, Oh yes, I know. uh, I know Richard Kimball. He is a good friend of mine. We went to school. He's like, where the fuck did they get that guy with that? What accent was that shit? I like that it, was a really, and I remember laughing so fucking hard because no one ever talks about like, hey, is this guy from like Brussels or some shit? Well, that's like, the other thing. His accent, like you, you, you have this argument with him. Arguments not the right word, but you have this discussion with me all the time about like we we've had the discussion about Scarlet Witch, but she's not the only example of this where right. where the accent a newt from from the alien thing was like that's just to get more recent, but like right. his accent really like floats through the whole it, fucking it's, movie. It's really it's really it, a questionable it, accent. It's very fluid wherever he's <laughs> the only other movie I see I mean I know he's been in other shit. I think he was in a Bond flick. It's been years. But he was in a movie about Beethoven with Gary Oldman called The Mortal Beloved. Okay. It makes perfect sense for him to have that fucking accent in fucking sure. Austria. Sure. That makes uh, the, never once did it, did he just need to say like oh well you know I was born in fucking Austria and then I I moved to Chicago and that's where I met Richard Kimball. Never well, yeah. once. Yeah, he's just like I I am as American as apple pie. Really, you are. You sound about as American as fucking strudel, my friend. <laughs> apple strudel, yeah. Apple strudel. Uh, I am as American. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Werner Herzog trying to fucking be like, I am as American as Apple Strudel. And it's like, uh, excuse you? Excuse or Arnold Schwarzenegger would be like, yeah, when I was born in L.A. You were? <laughs> <laughs> L.A. by way of fucking Germany? No, it's Austria. I mean, L.A. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, that's all shit. I gotta say. But I, you should watch that clip. Just just go on YouTube and write, type in John Mulaney, uh Bill Clinton story, and uh, it's like eight minutes long, but it's worth every second. I'll check. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, U.S. Marshals. I, I listen. I, there's not a whole lot to say because it really is a continuation of the same story with you know the just the next mission, if you will, right? Because. I, d- I don't think it's very long after. I would say at best it's six months after. Is it? I always kind of envisioned it as the time when it was released is when it was set. Maybe like three or four years. Um, I may, maybe, maybe. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't have enough ground to really argue either way on that. The point is that sure. it doesn't. It 
it, it feels close enough that it just feels like, okay, well, this mission's over. Let's go to the next one. The next one is we got to get this guy. You know what I mean? And it happens to be, you know, they weren't, they weren't even, technically, they weren't even after Wesley Snipes' character. Uh, Kimball got, or not Kimball, but um, Gerard got in trouble for um, shooting or hitting the guy um, whose name escapes me. I always, I always think of him from Bloodsport, but it's the guy from Bloodsport who's like whacked out on meth and he's in, he, they finally get him on mm-hmm. in handcuffs and he hits him with a shotgun butt in the head. Right. And and the director of the CIA or the marshals is like, you're going to go and do some PR cleanup over here. So get on this fucking right. plane in like three hours or whatever it is. Um, which, oh, by the way, very quickly, just jump back to the future for like 30 seconds. I was, uh, listen, I know the wife dies. I, and again, that's one of those things you know going into the film because the trailer is like, you know, the, I didn't kill my wife. You you know this, right? right? I was really mad Celia Ward was the wife because I like Celia Ward a lot. I didn't want her to be dead that early in the film, but that's beside Cel- the point. Celia Ward tried to do the same thing as Joe Pantoliano. She was like, why don't we make it? How, let's put her in a coma. Let's just coma her. And they're like, no. Yeah. That, sorry. Yeah. Like, she really tried. No, I get it. And I can see why she would, but that doesn't work. Like, Joey, Joey at least has, like, an, an argument for keeping that character alive. You need the wife to be dead for this to work. For so, this to work. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. But then I think again, her whole thing, double... I, she also argued, like, can't we, can't we give Harrison Ford, like, can't we give Richard Kimball a happy ending? It's like, he doesn't die. That's a happy well, ending. Well, and, and that's, that's, the, the, actually, that's ending. the other thing that, that was my only other complaint about the film, actually, that I started to say, and I think we, we, we both spun us off in a different direction, so that's my bad, but like there was the I don't like that like you don't you don't get that resolution in that the Chicago police ultimately knows he's innocent. It just gets it's implied, yes, and and it's assumed that by the end of it he is uh, deemed innocent and um, you know whatever. But I would I would even argue it's it's the step before that to be perfectly frank. Because the the cops are still outside talking to reporters saying, I think he was, I think Richard Kimball killed her. I think he's in, I think, I don't think he's innocent. Right. The, but it's it's like he's one step away from his name being cleared. We're just seeing that final moment where he's still technically a fugitive. Right. According to the police, the police's eyes. So I agree with you. We didn't get that full, yeah, he's free and he got the public. No, it's just. You never, you never yeah. get that. You know what I mean? Like you don't know that uh, if, yeah. the, if the Chicago police didn't see him, they would have just pulled out of their guns and killed his ass. You know what I mean? There's, like there's a part of me that wishes there would have been an extra scene where he is looking at Celia Ward's grave and able to kind of come yeah. to terms with it. Yeah, and maybe even having Gerard stand next to him. Yeah, so you didn't need like another thirty minutes. You needed. A scene, maybe two at most. Yeah, right. like you know, I agree. Anyway, an that's... epilogue. Give it an epilogue. Exactly. Awesome. Right. Um, and... As for U.S. Marshals, I really don't have a whole lot to say apart from the involvement of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's really the biggest like X factor between the two film going into that film is is the RDJ uh, edition. Um, I I I liked it. I I. I we're both big RDG fans, even going back before Iron Man. Like I think we were both oh, fans yeah. of his, and um, and I say that more for the audience than for either of us because we knew that. But I mean, because yeah. I think I think there are 
plenty of people out there, and I'm not saying everybody, but I think there's plenty of people out there that did, either did not know or give a fuck about his career until and since Iron Man. Do you know what I mean? He was, uh, yeah, especially in the early... Late nineties, early two thousands, he was just a joke. Well, that's because he and he did that to himself. I mean, let's be well, real. He did that to himself, but I, you know, he was also. It, it became like, like you remember the movie Basketball? Yes. Like, I didn't get the joke until years later, where I, where like the kid is like going on a bender with the with the with Trey and Matt, and they. They bring him in for his operation, and he's got, like, alcohol in his system. He's like, he's got more alcohol in his system than Robert Downey Jr. And I, as, a, as a kid, I didn't get that. I, I, I didn't actually, know who the fuck Robert Downey Jr. was. I actually forgot that joke, but now that you say see it, what, yeah. See what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But uh, for – I will acknowledge, I think this is one of the few times, to my knowledge, that RDJ is, like, a full-on villain in a movie. Yeah, he's that's... despicable. He could be a yeah, like right. A criminal, no, I, I, I had to just think. Bad guy. Yeah, I had to just think for a minute, but I think you're right. Yeah, that's it's, it's one of the few. I can't say I don't think it's the only, but it's probably one of the few for sure. If he was a villain, it was like early in his career. I I, I only I only say one of the few because I honestly don't remember, and if I don't have the exact facts, I don't want to say definitively. You know what I mean? That's the only reason why I'm saying that. But yeah, it's it's yeah. not a common occurrence. You're right. Sometimes he's despicable and not likable, but it doesn't make him the villain. That's very... Right. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to know what, how RDJ felt about filming U.S. Marshals? Sure. He fucking hated it. Really? So god Oh my god, he fucking hated it. He said, I have to report to set and be Joe Cowboy or something akin to that. And I want to fucking kill myself. He's like, I, I want absolutely never to be on this movie. And he's like, this is the lowest form of entertainment that I've ever had to muster. And he said that, I think he even said, he's like, I was sober during filming. I wish I was on drugs. He's like, I've been on drugs during filming movies. When, just curious, I, when did he say that, though? Do you remember? I think, he, I think he was critical, like, before it even came out. Like, he was one of those actors that well, was, Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, it. I'm wondering if you asked him now. His... I think he's also been... T- he touched upon it again, where he said it was just not a good experience, and I didn't like the fact that I had to do that. I think it was a contract thing, and I think he was also desperate for money. Probably. Personally, I liked his performance. So did he I. He gave that's... a great performance, but... It kind of makes it a little interesting to know that he fucking wanted everything. He wanted the absolute opposite of of being on that set. Like he, like it almost to the point where like, all right, well, you can be a porn star now. You have to be you. You have to be in gay porn, or you could be in U.S. Marshals. Like I, I still honestly think he would go for the gay porn. Like at that point, is how much he detested being in U.S. Marshals. To, to the point of his performance, there, there's been plenty of actors that didn't like playing a role they've played, and he still yet had a great performance. That's happened, I'm sure, doesn't. Yeah, Numerous exactly. Times. So his performance was was awesome. I I, I liked him in it. And I and honestly, because there's been a few times where we've seen that word shown through. And that oh, did, yeah. and that didn't happen here. At least not to me. He didn't seem like he was unhappy. 
or, or if it did, he managed to like convey it in a way where it fit with his character. Like exactly, it fit the character because the character re- the character didn't really want to be tied with the marshals. To be fair, right. so that yeah, yeah. that it kind of played out. Except by the end, he's kind of like I want to, even though it ended up being all I mean all BS. But like he wanted, to, he's like I want to be. You know, you're kind of my mentor now. Do you know right. what I mean? Like it, there was a part where, like, because I didn't like the kid died. Like honestly, yeah. like I was annoyed by that, and yeah. but then I was like, "All right, if they're gonna replace him with RDJ, and this was obviously before we know he's the the bad guy, the villain, you know." But we we saw RDJ shoot the kid. No, at that point, yeah. at that point, you don't see him. It looks like a struggle for the gun between him and and Snipes. It doesn't. Mm, not in the version I've seen. The version I saw, he runs in and he sees RDJ pointing a gun at the back of Wesley Snipes' head. And then he looks and then he aims and shoots the kid almost immediately. Well, then there so, must be two different versions because the version I had, Snipes and him were struggling for the gun and then that's when the kid gets shot. I, yeah, there's a version where it just point blank flat out says, RDJ shot this kid and there's no mystery. So yeah, you no. go through the rest of the film thinking... This dude's a fucking like he killed that kid. No, no, the the ver- there must be two versions then because the version I saw that was that's what happens, and you don't see the version. You see the version you're talking about when Tommy's figuring Gerard's figuring it out in his head, and it's actually in black and white. And that ver the version you're describing is then when you see that. But that's no, not no, so- that, yeah, it's 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 from the very beginning of that scene, and that's why like the look of sheer panic of the kid as he's like choking on his blood as he's dying is him trying to like warn Tommy Lee Jones be like this motherfucker killed me right right no I I mean that that still plays even with the way I saw but anyway true um but yeah so okay well for for me the the way I saw it 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 played like he could have taking the kid's place on the team. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you kind of bought that it might be that way. And I was like, okay, well, I don't like that they killed the kid, but if they're going to do that, if they ever make a third or another one of these films, then that, that worked. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't have much I, else to say beyond it, too. I, I, I dug Wesley Snipes, but again, I'm just a big Snipes fan in that kind of role. So mm-hmm. I, I like when he's you know gets to do that kind of thing. So the The closest thing that I could say where... RDJ let his person let his discomfort with the with the movie come out into the role was when Tommy Lee Jones confronts him and says, "Why'd you shoot that boy?" And he says, "Didn't really have much of a choice, really, or something akin." He's like, "I didn't have much of a choice," which is basically RDJ saying, "I didn't have a choice to fucking be here." Mm-hmm. You know, is is the closest thing that I could see of RDJ being like, oh, "Fuck you guys!" Like, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um. I fucking love that scene where they're out like in the swamp and Gerard handcuffs him and he says, you know, get your, get out yourself. And he just grabs, uh, 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 Joe pants, fucking glasses breaks off the fucking earpiece and just like uncuffs himself. He's like, that was pretty slick. He's like, pretty slick. He just broke my fucking glasses. Yeah, yeah. I thought good. that was a great goddamn scene. It is. It is. That's a good scene. I like that scene too. Um, yeah, but there's not. You you're wanna... right. There's, there's not much else to to get into on that one, really. 
Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Do you want to move on to Double Jeopardy and save uh, No Country for Old Men? Yeah, I think that's I think that's the way to go. It's, and it's it's that's not a preference into the movies. I think because I think we're I think we just both have more to say about No Country than we do about Double Jeopardy. Honestly, sure. um, I um I I liked it. I got to tell you something right now, and and, and you're I I'm sure I'm gonna get the 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 side eye from you on this one because I typically do when I say shit like this, but like I get Ashley Judd and Diane Lane mixed up. Thank you so much. I've <laughs> no one has ever said that out loud, and I've never said it to anybody else. But you and I finally fucking agreed on something. <laughs> good night, everybody. Oh my god, <laughs> that made this whole fucking thing worth it, dude. Yeah, at Diane, Diane Lane, I mean, it, it, you easily could have taken Diane Lane's character from Murder at 1600, besides the fact that she's a Secret <laughs> Service agent, and it would have been the same goddamn character. You're right. You're out, I mean, they their names aren't really similar, and but like for some reason, they look just similar enough yep. where they, they could, one of them could be the older sister of the other, is how I look at it. No, that's absolutely true. I, I think you're right. I mean, or if you need it, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a weird um, comparison, but I think it, I think it plays if you'll just hear me out. Is mm-hmm. remember how in, and I know we, I know, I know your thoughts on the film as a whole, so just hear me out, but like in, I in know the, where you're going. In the Phantom Menace. Yeah, with Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman, I think it's very similar type of thing. Like, I mean, they're they're younger, so you can't. But it's the same kind of thing. If you needed a double in a film like that, you could cast both those people, and it would probably work. Well, I would make the argument that Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman actually look more similar than Diane Lane and Ashley Judd. I I think they look similar enough in the sense that they. Looks similar, whereas I would, I could, you could argue that Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman are borderline doppelgangers. Not now, then. Yes. Not now. Back then, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're going, yeah. I mean, I. And, but to, to be fair, we don't know what Diane Lane and Ashley Judd at that at that same age. They could. It could have been the same thing. Where because we're saying now they they couldn't do it, but back then they could. So I mean, at that age, it's potential. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that they're really that much far apart in terms of age. No, no, no. I'm saying we're saying that Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman, the age at which they did Phantom Menace, could be doppelgangers for each other, but they can't now at this point in their lives. I'm yes. saying we don't know what Diane Lane and Ashley Judd looked at at the ages in which Natalie and Kira were in Phantom Menace. That's what I'm saying. Right. They could have been even true. closer then than they are now. And they're still pretty fucking close. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think you could have put Diane Lane in this film and it would have worked. I'm not taking away from Ashley Judd or her performance. I I know it's going to sound stupid and maybe even a little hypocritical. I think I would have enjoyed the performance a little more if it had been Diane Lane. Mm. I don't know. Um, maybe because I'm a bigger fan of hers, but I, I don't know. You know. 
I I've always enjoyed Diane Lane. I've but I've always had a real soft spot for Ashley Judd, and a lot of it stems from this performance. Let me put it this way: Diane Lane has always been, in my view, the movie mom. You know, she's kind of the softer mom than yeah, say. I, I have to disagree because the first thing I saw her in was I think. Murdered at 1600 and she's definitely not a mom in that she's so. not a mom in that i would agree with that but like from my experience of seeing diane lane in movies was a lot of like the movie jack okay i have se- i i have seen jack and maybe didn't realize it was her i mean that's one of those things where i might not have realized it was her you know so but then i would also i mean she's kind of heavily ingrained as martha kent right now right but that's after the after the facts, for for me again, you know. So well, yeah, I have I, not seen a whole lot of Diane Lane movies to the point where I'm like, like I have a real fucking argument. No, for that's, this. that's I'm like that's fair. I, I guess I mean to that same point though, I've seen even less Ashley Judd. I think this is the second Ashley Judd movie I've seen. I think I've seen a lot of Ashley Judds, but I wouldn't be able to actually fucking name anything well, specific because a lot of them, unfortunately, are kind of like fuck you movies. Well, yeah, I you mean, know? I'm looking at her thing here. Like, I'm looking at, I've got her um, IMDb up because I knew we were going to kind of get into this a little bit. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I mean, like, I'm looking at this. She she play, she had a very minor role in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I remember. And if you had asked me that was Ashley Judd, I would have never been able to say, yeah, that's Ashley Judd. You know? But would you have said Diane Lane? Not at that point, because <laughs> I don't think I knew who that was at that point. Um, apparently, she was in Natural Born Killers, but the scenes were deleted, so we never actually mm-hmm. saw those. You know? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. She was... Uh, I think they brought it back for the director's cut. What, wasn't she... uh, that might be, but it says here on the I think the she credit, played a waitress. She plays Grace Mulberry. I don't know who that is. The name does I think not... It's, I think it's a waitress. Okay, and that might be. I'm just saying, on the thing here, it says scenes deleted, so that might be right. referring to it. That I, I'm not going to split hairs on that, but... I'm looking at the rest of Simon Birch I've never seen. I've seen that. I the Beholder I've never seen. The Locust, The Time to Kill, Norma Jean in Maryland, Normal Life, Heat, I've never seen. I know you've seen that. Heat's great. Um She's I, good in it. High like, Crimes, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, Frida. Uh you know uh, she 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 did a movie with Natalie Portman called Where the Heart Is I remember and and uh, Ashley you're talking about Ashley yeah it's yeah, like here 2003 it is. Two, that, 2000 actually okay uh high crimes i mean i've just i've never seen any of these d lovely or de lovely i'm not how you say that but i have not. i haven't seen a whole lot of of her movies recently because I, in complete honesty she was targeted by Weinstein. Like she's one of the yeah, yeah. biggest pillars of of the Weinstein Me Too thing. That, she actually yeah. now I want to say like she was she did this whole thing uh, against Trump and Harvey Weinstein where she like did like a beat poet speech kind of thing where she mm. was referred to as a nasty woman and she just like I, like whether I was a fan of Ashley Judd's films. I was like, I'm a fan of her as a person. Fuck yeah, um, yeah. I've I've always kind of, and you know, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be just point blank. I know for a fact Ashley Judd is part Italian, and that does kind of like sway my opinion about her. 
Like, I'm like, I like that she's part Italian. Like, it's cool. I don't give a fuck that her, like, mom is a country singer. I don't give a fuck about that. And her sister. And her sister. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, no, neither do I. And listen, I, w- I want to stress to anyone listening that my, my, I don't want to say criticism, but my, my, my thing here is not that I have an issue with her in any way whatsoever. I think she did a fine job. Like, I, I right. just don't know enough ab- about her to really be like, ooh, do you know what I mean? So, you, I, I would actually recommend you check out Heat because she's she's not a big player in Heat, but she's a, a a an important player to one of the characters. So and 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 it's an interesting point of view where you see like what what if a wife knew her husband or boyfriend was a criminal and was like ha, like it's it's kind of that like how do you how does the how does Tony Soprano's wife deal with the fact that she's right. married to Tony Soprano? Is that type of mentality? Right. Um, she's good in it. I, you, you should watch Heat for the more obvious reasons, like Pacino and De Niro and all that. But uh, she's good in it, I think. Um, but I, it's so weird how like you, you basically been saying something that I've been keeping in my head <laughs> because it's not really a, a, a conversation thing. Like I've never seen anyone else confuse the two. Like it's not like a thing online that I've noticed, or mm. or it's just it's just the one time you and I like we're on the same goddamn brain wavelength. Like it's just and they're they're three years apart. Diane, oh well, fuck! They 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 might as well be fucking twins. Diane Diane Lane sixty five and Ashley Judd sixty eight, and not ages, but years years they were born. Oh, I was gonna say, goddamn, they look fucking amazing. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. Uh, if my if my math serves me, that puts. Diane at 56, and uh, then that would put Ashley Judd at 53, if my math is yeah. right. So, yeah. Um, but uh, no, no, no. It, it, none of this is a criticism of either woman or their performances. And unfortunately for um, Ashley, just looking at her IMDb, despite maybe being targeted by Trump and or Harvey, um, she's still consistently working. She's never really had any loss of no, because there have been other actresses that came out about that and lost stuff, oh, yeah. and and she apparently is not. So good for her on that. But um, I, I I don't I don't know the real specifics of what Harvey did to her. It's really not relevant. But sure. it's like I know I know she suffered. Let's put it that way. Like she no no yeah I'm, we're we're not we're not and we're not trivializing that in any way either. We're no, just no, 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 I'm no. just. Just giving, I'm actually just giving her credit for not and not affecting her ability to uh, continue working. I um, want to say though that she was offered uh, Lord of the Rings, and Harvey stepped in and, and canceled I, that. I I could see something like that happening, sadly, but yeah, uh, yeah. I do want to I do want to say as a whole with the film, um, it was interesting seeing Bruce Greenwood as a yeah. as a villain because I'm not yeah. used to that. I. Uh, and also, young Bruce Greenwood. I'm, I kind of came into his world as he was an not that he's old, but older than he is in this film for sure. Seasoned um, Greenwood. Let's, uh, let's, a, you know. a sex symbol is not how I would have uh, labeled Bruce Greenwood at the time that I became available uh, aware of him. Sure. So, um, but you know, I, I I dug him. I I was a little underwhelmed by Tommy's 
performance in this, honestly. Um, I don't think he was well, bad, but it compared to, I guess, coming off Gerard, Gerard, it's a little bit of a step back. So, Well, it's a step back because he doesn't have a fucking team helping his ass. True. He's got to do all this shit by himself. True. And you can see in the performance and with the character, he's like, I would rather be anywhere but doing this shit right now. Not in an RDJ fashion, but in a... Tommy Lee Jones's character is just like, God damn it. Like, yeah, all you it's, it's, it's not Tommy. It's the character that's done. It's not Tommy. Yeah. Right. That's the, like, the, the character is just like, God damn it. You suck my car for no fucking reason. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's had it. He's had it with this bullshit. He's just like, I, I just want to go home. I have to say, uh, so some, some, some basic things about the, the overall film though. Right. Mm-hmm. First off, the the lawyer that represents her, first off, for as much money as they probably put out for him, seemed inept as fuck, for one. Mm-hmm. For two, if I understood correctly, he was a family lawyer. Mm-hmm. So how he didn't know at some point that the husband was still alive, maybe not during the trial, but after the whole thing, and said, hey, judge, <laughs> you know. Um, I I don't remember him... I didn't see it as that he didn't know. I think Bruce Greenwood fucking hid very well. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe, but that, that could be, that could be, but you know, um, I almost saw the, the woman fucking the husband. Coming oh, the babysitter? Mo- yeah. Or actually, I don't even know if it was a babysitter as much as just like friend of the family. I thought she was, was more like than a neighbor babysitter. Is sort of how I looked at it. Yeah. 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 Um, saw that coming. Mm hmm. 10,000 miles away. Oh, I, mean, yeah. it, it, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it before the murder, but once the, the supposed murder happened, I was like, oh, yeah, she's in. She's in on this in some capacity. You know what I mean? Um, Did you ever see Sleeping with the Enemy with Julie Roberts? No. So if you take the concept of the boat situation where she wakes up and she thinks her husband is murdered and blah, 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 and then she's the prime and only suspect, it it does the same thing in Sleeping with the Enemy, where Julia Roberts uh, pretends that she has like she she jumps off the boat from her abusive, controlling husband, but because she was afraid of water and couldn't swim, everyone assumes that she drowned. But she actually has been secretly like taking lessons and going to support groups and all that shit. Mm. So, but she didn't tell her husband, obviously. Sure. So he, but then she, while everyone's searching for her in the ocean, she swims back to shore, goes to her house, grabs all her shit, but mistakenly fucks up. And like, I think like she drops her ring in the toilet on purpose or something and it comes back. So he realizes that her ring is in the toilet and that she's actually run off and that he tries to hunt her down. It's just, it's just interesting how like, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like gone girl. Gone girl's the same thing. You know, I, um, which is still a hard fuck. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's a hard watch. It's, um, it's one of those movies that I, if it's playing, I'll sit and watch the whole fucking thing. Like, it's it's good. I have no, a real really fondness good. for how fucking batshit that movie is. You know, it, no, it is. I can't I can't disagree with you there. Anyway, I um I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I I I got it. I enjoyed it. I I I didn't like I said. I didn't hate it. I thought it was more of a chase film than again, No Country for sure. But I I would rank it. I think I did rank it above U.S. Marshals, but it's it's really 
You did because you had Marshall's last. So yeah, I used Marshall's last, but like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the whole fugitive concept, but with a woman running. I thought that was yeah. Cool. I, I I I had no problem with that either. I I like I said that the film was enjoyable enough as it is. I think I think one of the problems that I had as a whole, and it's my problem is that I watched all four of these movies in like a 24 hour window and I think sure. by the time I'd gotten to the third the third okay I'm innocent but you don't know that I'm in it I was like all right I've kind of had enough of it the only the only thing that I liked that was different was that the the the, the victim wasn't actually dead you know like we're no like like Celia Ward in the fugitive. The wife is dead. Kimball's wife is mm-hmm. dead. There's no question right. she's dead. It's just did he do it or did somebody else do it? You know what I mean? You know, which, it, which, it, no, it wasn't me. It was the one armed man. Yeah. Which? How well yeah. do you remember the uh, the movie The Mask? I know. I remember. I know exactly what you're. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I it took me years to. I'm like, oh my god, Jim Carrey was making a fucking Tommy Lee Jones like joke, essentially. Which and I, I, I lo- listen. I'm not the biggest Jim Carrey fan in all in the world. Not and not. We talked about this earlier, so I'm not getting back into it. But I do. The Mask is one of the ones that I've his that I I really enjoy. I always yeah like that 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 one and Liar Liar are my two favorite comedies that he's done. It's uh, yes, I absolutely agree. Bruce Almighty is definitely on it's, that list. It's up there, too. yeah. But top two for but me are those two films. The Mask is a live action cartoon, and if you're a kid, it's as close a thing as you're going to get to like Jim Carrey doing a kids movie. That's not awful. Yeah, sure. No. Um. Um. You also see Cameron Diaz before she looks like she's been oh doing God. years and years of yeah. you know uh, binging. Um, I I. I always have said uh, that Nev Campbell, like when I'm watching Nev Campbell in in Wild Things, like I hit puberty at like four. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Cameron Diaz now that I think about it because that was like a year or before. But she looks better there than she is has in anything since. And she's not looked bad, but she looked, well, we'll put it this way, she looked healthier in that than she did in anything. Um, I don't know. I think, I think she, it's... Like I, I like skinny, but she's been like skin and bone skinny since that film. Yeah, it's it's at that at this point, I I I don't know if it's wise for us to ever comment on a woman's appearance anymore, because I think that we when we do do a generalization, I'm like, oh man, she needs to eat a sandwich. Like we have no fucking clue what she's going through. No, that's true. Um, um anyway, well, the the I I agree she was attractive as fuck in the mask. That's all I will say. I uh, yes. Um, so anyway, but getting back to um. Uh, Double, Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. Yeah, it, it, it's a fun enough film. She, the, the, there's nothing bad about it, and maybe if I had separated these out a little more, I might have enjoyed it a little more. But I certainly, I, I think that would have helped. But I, but I didn't. But again, I didn't dislike it, and it's one of those other ones where you're like, "Hey, dude, do you want feel like watch? I feel like watching Double Jeopardy. You, you mind if I put it on? I wouldn't have been like, I wouldn't be like, no, <laughs> you know. I think, I think what also helps is that movies that are set in New Orleans. And I said it like that because yeah. that's how they said that shit. Yep. New Orleans. Yep, 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 yep. Um, New Orleans has this kind of mystique. Yes. Unless you live there. And even then, I've heard from other people who say, oh, yeah, we love New Orleans. Like, we're very proud. Oh, yeah. From the, New Orleans. There's, there's, there's several, there's few cities in this country that people are like, I'm from there and I love that I'm from there. And New Orleans is one of them. Yeah. Right. And it's, I think, for 
I would argue someone who lives in New Jersey and someone who lives in Oakland. It is that kind of mystical place. It's kind of like, Oh yeah. I, I want to go at least once. That's like, I don't, I'm not a bucket list person. I think that's, I I don't like that. I don't fault people that have them, but that's not a thing I do. Sure. But, but New Orleans is one of those things that I would like to do at some point in my life for sure. Like, let me put it this way. Given the choice of going to Las Vegas or giving or going to New Orleans, I would choose New Orleans based purely on there's more mystique. I I can't I can't argue yeah. with that. I mean, I I would pick Vegas for obvious reasons that have nothing to mm-hmm. do with gambling. So, mm-hmm. you know, but if I if I take that factor out of it at this point, yeah, I would probably agree with you. So, you know, I think I think New Orleans has very specific food that just sounds appealing. Whereas in my opinion, just based on what I know, Las Vegas might have great food, but it's also just like the, the, the buffet capital of the world is really, no, there's, there's definitely, I mean, yes, there are a bunch of those, but there's also a bunch of great places to go and just get some good food. But the difference, the difference is, and, and I'm, I'm defending your point more than anything is that, New Orleans has very specific foods that are specific to there. Your jambalayas, your gumbos, that um, that donut thing that the name escapes me right now. It's not uh, a beignet. Beignet. Beignet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then there's a there's a thing called a king cake too, I believe, which is basically a giant donut that's got a thing in the middle, and I don't even remember. It's like it's like a, yeah, I, I'm I'm not doing it justice, but I'm telling you, there's like another dessert thing that's like this bigger thing than a beignet that that they have. As no, well. but you're arguing that. Vegas has a bunch of restaurants and and good Louisiana, ones, and New Orleans has a cuisine. That, that's that's the perfect way to put it. Yes, and yeah. and as such, so yeah, based on that, you know, I, yeah. So I, I think setting setting. I think one of the things that helped Double Jeopardy is having part of it in New Orleans. That really helped capture the essence. Like I a million times, I've I've seen a million movies, and I think some of them have been in Chicago. But like for the Fugitive. I know for a fact that's a Chicago movie. Yeah, it's for sure. It's filmed in Chicago. It's set in Chicago. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. If I were to think of movies set in New Orleans, I could think of Chef. I could think of um, I could think of Double Jeopardy. I could think of uh, Angel Heart. I even think U.S. Marshals is, has a portion in Louisiana. The whole swamp sequence, I think, is in Louisiana. Yeah, but I don't think it's New Orleans. Yeah. It's not New Orleans, but it's Louisiana. So it doesn't really make the list. But New Orleans... It, it still has that mystique because sure. it's, it's the it's probably one of the it's the oldest America. Honestly, without... I would, I, there's there's a look. You're not as in, as into the crime shows as I do. I know you like the Law and Orders and whatever, and I'm not here to debate what we like better or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm big into the NCIS shows. Yeah, and they had one. It's now it was just it ended this past season in New Orleans, and I gotta tell you, as great as the OG one is, and it is the 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 first one is you know, um, the New Orleans one might be my second favorite. It is really good. I'm also, I mean, without getting into the whole thing, I'm a big Lucas Black fan, and he was in the first three seasons. Mm. Um, and I'm also a big Scott Bakula fan, and he is the main character in the entire series. So sure, you, you know that that helped. But it's also in New Orleans, and they and they. New Orleans, New Orleans in that show, without getting into a whole thing, is not just a backdrop. It's very much like another character. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you again: watch True Blood. 
No, I, 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 yeah, I mean, in that same vein, like, it's one of the things I love about Interview with a Vampire, because there's a big chunk of that that takes place in really old New Orleans, like, like 1800 or 1700 New Orleans, if I recall. It might even be, old, right. it might even be earlier, it might be 1600. No, no, it's, 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 uh, he's, it's after the, the Civil War, so it's like so 1880 it's, or something. Yeah, so it's late 1800s. No, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense either, because. No, because they still have slaves, so yeah, it's got to be before. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, it's 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 like late. I think it's like late 17s, early 1800s. In but even then, the point is that there's a whole chunk of it in New Orleans, and even back right. then, before Bourbon Street is what we know it to be now, is even a thing. Because I think that's right. one of the things that appeals. What appeals to me beyond you, know, you mentioned the food. What appeals to me is the music. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm not saying I'm not appealed by the food because I absolutely want to eat everything we talked about. But for me, it's more the the, the music that 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 yeah. vibe is. Ugh. I I have like no interest in like Mardi Gras, but I would go see Mardi Gras just to say, oh, I've been to Mardi Gras. Oh yeah, but, I like, would want to be in the middle of it. I'd want to be up on someone like you know those balconies where you can just yeah. stand and watch. Yeah, I'd rather be doing that. But I'm with you. Yeah, I it's like I don't really care about titties and beads that fucking much, you know. And yeah. I'd rather just <laughs> right. I, I I would be that asshole. Be like you know someone like my friends or you or Steph would be like. They're fucking having a parade. There's titties and beads everywhere. I'm like, yeah, but I'm eating a fucking beignet. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, you um, see this po' boy I'm fucking eating right now? Like, you got, <laughs> get away from me. Now. I'm fucking eating. Um, I'd be like speaking Cajun and be like, I don't give a fuck about t- titties right now. <laughs> um. So let's get to no country. We already talked a lot about it, so I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say, but there are some things I want to, you know, get into. Oh, you, yeah. Um, what do you want to touch on? Well, so like, first off. How sim- how simultaneously stupid and smart Llewellyn is, because he's he's both. Mm-hmm. He he's he's out. First off, I hate look look. I and I I've gotten a lot more sensitive to this over the last like three to five years. So I I'm I know I'm being way oversensitive about this part. But I hated the hunting where he was hunting the elk or whatever. But like I know that's a thing. And and listen, I also watch a show. All full disclosure, I watch a show on History Channel called Mountain Men, where it's exactly it's that character. They're out hunting, but they also they all those people, those real people on that Mountain Men show, respect the fuck out of what they kill. They don't just kill it for sport. Like mm-hmm. they use every piece of it. They eat the meat. They, they use the pal- I mean, they, they, there's a respect level. So, but I I just don't like seeing animals get shot. That irks me so i'm with you um, i'm 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 with you i'm not no. a big i think if you're gonna hunt something you better be on an empty fucking stomach right really well my, yeah my and, and or or that's your main source of like food like i i, I get it so anyway the point the point is um i that aside i also know that it's a movie and that animal probably was not actually shot and it's fine so just to put that out there for the world but um he stumbles into this crime scene, for lack of a mm-hmm. better description, right? That's essentially what he what happens. He stumbles into this crime scene. Yeah. And first off, if he had just left it the fuck alone, he would have been fine. But that's whatever it is, right? He mm-hmm. he stumbles into it. He uses his tracking skills and finds this satchel of money, which. Mm-hmm. I think they say how much is in it, and I don't remember, and I don't care. It's a lot of money. It's at least a million. I don't remember the specifics, but yeah. Uh-huh. He takes the satchel, goes home. Now, 
I'm go. You, you have to understand what I'm about to say to you is at, the thought I'm having as I'm watching it as it occurs. The the, the like because I'm there's information that comes out after what I'm saying that's going to contradict a little bit of what my point is. So that's what okay. I'm, that's why I'm stressing stressing that. But if he had just taken that satchel and went home with it like he did. And never went back out there. In theory, he would have been fine. Mm-hmm. No one, no one would have known he was the one that had it. Now mm-hmm. you find out later that it had this tracker in there mm-hmm. that someone would have showed up to get him anyway. Sugar, probably. Right, but tracker aside, let, let's let's uh-huh. just for, let's just forget the tracker for a second. Just based on decisions, if he had never gone back. With the jug of water, which you know the guy's fucking dead. There's no point to bring him the water. He's dead. By that point, with the amount of time that's passed and the kid is and 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 the condition you left him in, he's dead. By the time mm-hmm. you're ever gonna get back there with this bottle of water, if he had never gone back, he would have been fine. Again, mm-hmm. assuming there's not, a, and I know we ultimately find out there's this tracker that would have sent, you know. Sugar out to, or what? What the fuck was I? How do you say this? Sugar. Sugar. Okay, I'm gonna it's go. It's not with sugar. sugar. It's sugar. Like a, like an emphasis. Yeah, on the, uh. um, I'm saying sugar because I'm not in the mood to try to emphasize. But sure. Sure. Uh, or or Javier, I'll say that. You know, without that, yeah, he would have ultimately showed up and fucked him up anyway. But I'm yeah. saying, like, just from Llewellyn's perspective. Before finding out decision making, if he had never made that decision, he should have been fine. In theory, yeah, um, I do agree. Obviously, the tracker is does put a fucking monkey wrench in your 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 argument. Um, I did you notice that it was set in like nineteen seventy four? It's actually it looked like it was eighty something because it was those, those vehicles were eighties, and they actually say something about what year it is at one point. They say eighty something. Okay, well, if it's set, ah, uh, shit. I think it's actually like I'm trying to find it, the trivia now. They may have done thing. a th- uh, like a uh, uh, an error where they had cars that were around that age. Around well, that people time have period. older cars. I mean, that... I, I think it was. It might have actually be set like right before 1980. Um, I'm I'm mean, looking to see if I'm looking up the information now to see if it says. I'll I'll let you know. Um, my argument for that is I think. Back then, Texas cowboy, you know, Texas men, especially mm-hmm. the the whole like we got to hunt for our food like that elk or that deer that'll fucking that'll give them some money or that'll that'll feed them for. Right. You know, a long time. Right. If, especially if it's just him and his fucking wife. Um. Which I got to give her praise for being a Scottish accent, getting that Texas accent down, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I praise anybody who's Scottish who could speak in a non-Scottish accent. I actually saw her. She had a, a, a recurring, if not a starring role in Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I, I've seen her on that. I, uh, I knew her from that before this, obviously. <laughs> so She's also in Harry Potter. She's in the final Harry Potter. Yes, thing. I saw that, but I could not remember... She plays the gray lady, the, 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 the ghost that they're trying to get the diadem from the, the, the Ravenclaw tiara. That's a Horcrux. She knows where it's hidden because she was, 
the daughter of uh, Helena Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. She's the great ghost. It's it's whatever. Um, I'm just saying I praise anybody like Sean Connery couldn't ever drop his Scottish accent. He tried for the untouchables. He tried to do an Irish accent and it still came out Scottish as fuck. So, um, <laughs> top of the morning to you. <laughs> no, that's Scottish as fuck, Sean. No, it's not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, my whole point of bringing it up is I think Josh Brolin's character is kind of, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way mm. to Texans or Texan cowboys or just country folk. But I think he is kind of supposed to be the everyman working class, simple guy. He oh, yeah. just, he just wants to get through his day so he can go home and have his fucking beer and, 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 and whatever. occasionally and fuck just, his wife. Yeah. 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 I, I think he's a very, I, and I think I would argue that even guys back in 1980 that are Texas, fucking rangers or texas mountain men to the point where they're a texas hunter is really what i'm trying to say not a not a mountain man he's not fucking you know living in the hills sure um but someone who has to kind of deal with wilderness and clearly he is a tracker so he's got some intelligence he knows how to he knows how to not be detected to a certain degree but i think that morality that weight of guilt of I think he knows that the guy doesn't is not going to be alive, but he would not forgive himself if he just let the dude die. So he's like, I got to bring him this water I mean, I, I, just I, in case. I mean, I get that. I do. But at the same time, like you have to think about it from a, you know, like, all right, you got to obviously he knows it's a drug deal to one bad. Right. So right. you have to think. Listen, first off, just to just I got uh, it's 1980. Flat, like 1980, right on the dot, according to this. Um, So that allows for the 1970s and 80s, you know, what, you know, crossover, whatever. So, um, you know, uh, just lost my point. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you just to try and get back on point. If you found the money. Oh, okay. Go ahead. And you were laying home at night being like, Fuck, there's that one guy who's still alive. He's probably not alive. And the stupid thing to do would be go back out there. But like, like I, I, in my opinion, I would be thinking about like my dad telling me like the honorable thing to do is do this. Like, see, I'd, know, be, I'd be looking at it from the perspective of this is a drug deal gone bad. They're going to be coming back for this shit. And if I'm anywhere near there, my ass is dead. Right. You know? That's the logical, smart thing to do. But first off, first and foremost, if I was Lou Allen and I came home with a sack full of money, I would have locked the door, bedroom door, and dumped everything on the bed just to fucking, like, see it all there. Like, uh, well, yeah. you don't know what else is in there. My whole initial thought is there could have been cocaine in the sack as well. Like, if, That's you know, it, there was but, cocaine was everywhere. It, and just, was it? Was it that or heroin? I was curious. To me. Whatever. whatever no, no. I was, is, at, I, I was just wondering what you thought. I'm not. I thought it was. Well, at the time, it pro- in, in the region it is, it's probably cocaine. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Well, at the time, to- for the time in region, yes. If it was now in the region, it, it was. It's probably the other. The it it would have been meth. It would have one hundred percent been meth. All right. Okay. Oh yeah. You five seasons of Breaking Bad show that shit. <laughs> <laughs> five um, seasons of Breaking Bad make you realize that kind of in the West, and if you're working class. 
It is not heroin or coke. That's just too expensive. A little bit of heroin, but you do your heroin with your fucking meth is really how it is. Right, right, like, right. Your your heroin is your fucking birthday present, but you do your meth on a regular day-to-day basis. Yeah. Anyways, um, I I think guilt is a real fucking motherfucker, and I think weighing that whole thing. And it's also that that macho ideology of like, well, a man doesn't fucking leave someone to die. Like, uh okay i think i think old school i think i think back in the day it would have been prevalent of like you know you either shoot that man himself or you bring him some water you know you either end his suffering i think that's the other thing is the whole hunter vibe is that if he is respecting the animal he would want to like end suffering you know it's not i don't want to you know prolong this deer's suffering in the same way as like this guy doesn't deserve to fucking yeah he's a drug dealer but he's 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 starving for he's he's thirsty for water. He's got a bullet in his system. He's alone in the desert. It's guilt will weigh down a motherfucker's sensibilities and intelligence really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, not even quickly. Just for minutes. I mean, it, you could tell it was dragging him up. You know, he he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to just lay there. Like this is a guy who's got let's say 2 million dollars and he's like, I'm thinking about that fucking guy in the desert. What the hell do I do? Yeah, yeah. Um just real quick not that you're arguing against me, but just some some solidity for the 1980 argument. Mm-hmm. Um apparently at one point uh the on the foam the phone bill that mm-hmm. sugar, the cigars or whatever, looking at. Uh, it's called said, Anton. His name is Anton. Okay, yeah, that works. That Anton's looking at. It's dated June fifth, nineteen eighty. That's one thing. And then the other thing is when he's having the scene with the convenience store clerk about the quarter. He says that's the real price of it. Yeah. He says that the coins from nineteen fifty eight and it traveled twenty two years. So if you do the math, it's nineteen eighty. So right. Just, By the just, way, what a fucking scene, right? Well, that's that's one of the things that made me make. That's one of the. I did want to talk about it briefly. Like, I don't think we have to deep dive every second of it. But that was one of those scenes that made me feel very. That was a very Tarantino esque, yeah, type of scene. You know, yeah. that one. There were a couple of them, and and as, again, this is not to take away from the Coen Brothers because I don't. I don't think saying that it's Tarantino esque is a is a insult to the Coens, at least I hope it's not taken that way by people listening because it's not mm-hmm. meant to be. But um, there's the, there's that sequence with the, the store clerk. There's the sequence with the chicken, the chick, the chicken truck driver I felt was another Tarantino esque. And then right. two other scenes that are a little more obvious, I think are when Anton sees Wells for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, where they're having that discussion you know, and then when he meets up with Carla Jean, Carla Jean, I think, yeah, Carla Jean, at the end of the film, like when she walks into the room and he's sitting there, like both those scenes, they're all, all four of those scenes are very Tarantino. It, even even the scene where he gets hit, we you know the the car accident at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Him talking to the kids is very Tarantino. Yep. It, you're 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 absolutely right in the sense of like if Tarantino learned how to sm- like slow down, it would be this movie. No, yeah, and, and, that yeah, Tarantino's much that, more high high energy, yeah, high octane. Whereas this is like it's although. Tar- God, sorry. Tarantino is is like. Let me put it this way: 
both movies in this metaphor are like fires, right? Tarantino is the dynamite that explodes. And this movie, the Coen brothers are the gasoline that's been poured. I I would say though, that Hollywood land or how Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. No, no, no. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Hollywood land is another movie with Diane Lane, by the way. It is. And I think that's why I was on the brain. Cause when I was looking at her IMDb, um, With Ben Affleck, but she does not play Martha. <laughs> there you go. Um, Once Upon a Time on Hollywood, I feel like is on the same pace as this film. Um, I still think Once Upon a Time... Once Upon a Time is still kind of segued with a lot of like z- quick zooms and quick cuts, whereas this doesn't... I mean, it, it might yeah, be... Yeah, okay, yeah. I could give you that, but... It's probably one of... Honestly, I would kind of compare it to... Like, Pulp Fiction is pretty slow. Like, a lot is happening, but a lot is dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quick pace. Like, like Django is probably the most energetic, one of his more energetics, apart from, like, Kill Bill Volume 1. Kill Bill Volume 1 is probably the most energetic of his films. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's it's closest to, like, Volume 2. And even like Pulp Fiction, um, not not to it, get off. God, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm 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 struggling to. It's not even Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown's really high pay. Really not not to get pace. off on a tangent, but that's why I was really curious to see if he did do a Star Trek film, just because he's so used, he's so energetic and so high paced. It would have been curious to see how he he interpreted that. But that's that's what it is. Um, right. it, it, no, this film is really good. Listen. I like I said, that's why I have it above Double Jeopardy. I really enjoyed the film. I just mm-hmm. felt for the theme we were aiming for, it didn't fit as well. That's just my perspective. But I did really enjoy. If we were doing Chase films as a whole, yes. But we were doing Tommy Lee Jones Chase films, and that's where I that's where it disconnects a little bit for me. I still view it as like if Tommy Lee Jones was doing one final chase film, it would have been this one where he's seasoned. He's like, I don't really like I'll find him, but he may be dead. That's really kind of the mentality of his character in this one is as Gerard in Fugitive and U.S. Marshals. He's like, I need to find him. And and me, it would look better if he was still alive. If I find him, whereas this guy in as the, the sheriff is like, I don't care if he's dead. Like, and then he, he slowly starts like, well, I'm going to try and bring him in because he's just, he's just a lost boy. Well, and, that, you know? and the, the other thing that made this very Tarantino, Tarantino for me was, and it, and it corrects itself unlike say Tarantino and I, and I corrects the wrong word because it implies something's wrong, but it, it's very out of order in the very beginning to me. Like it doesn't, it's not, like it starts with the whole thing with Anton before you ever see Llewellyn. Like it, it's it's very out of order. Like you think you think honestly, starting the film, I thought they were going to be chasing Anton through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which in some way they are, but not the way that it ultimately ends up being. Right? Like like Llewellyn's the guy that is ultimately chased through most of the movie. He's being chased by two people at the same time. Whereas, like, the way it sets up, you would think Anton's your, your, and he is an antagonist, but he's, you, but you, but then again, I don't really feel like there is a protagonist to this film, honestly. Um, 
the the closest thing to a protagonist is really Josh Brolin, but he's such a flawed protagonist. He's more of an really anti-hero don't. than a... Yeah, anything. I mean, you could even argue that, honestly, the protagonist is Tommy Lee Jones. But even then, I have a hard time giving him that... Yes, you're right. That's the closest you could argue, but I even have trouble with that, you know, so... Th- this movie really should just be called No Protagonist for, for No Men, or, you know... Well, I'm, no- okay. I'm okay with going unconventional and not having your traditional protagonist, antagonist, you know, whatever. I'm okay with that. Sure. I, I'm, I, I like taking twists and doing it differently, but then you just have to be able to acknowledge that as the viewer in, some, in this instance, you don't have that, you know, so... Um, right. And, 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 and as such, it does lead for at least to be a little confusing in the beginning. Now they, they, they clarified it, it buddy, by the, about, I'd say halfway through the second act, you kind of, it's pretty clear what the hell is going on maybe even earlier, but you know, I, uh, where sometimes I like Pulp Fiction's out of order the whole fucking way through, like you, you really have to do the right. puzzle piece shovel the whole way around that, you know? So. Pulp Fiction definitely requires a first viewing and then a second viewing to be like, what the fuck? And then you mm-hmm. can appreciate that's the difference is you can appreciate Pulp Fiction on multiple viewings. I didn't I personally was not confused by the the flow of of No Country. I because I saw it ironically enough, I saw it at the theater that I ended up working at years later, mm-hmm. but I saw it when it came out in theaters with Maxwell and a friend of his. And I had I was going into it completely more or less blind, um, but I remember back. I just remember uh, Anton was like he was on his way to go to that fucking drug meeting, and he got pulled over and he got arrested, and so that's why it opens up is like this was just a deviation of his character. He was on his way and he got fucked over. But there's nothing so, that really indicates that until you like you said until you put the piece. Like to me, I didn't. I would have never put that together i i I viewed i i didn't have a problem understanding it from 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 day one it was it was not oh this scene is out of order it was he was on his way he got pulled i i i pretty sure they with the the cop when he's on the radio he's explaining what why he pulled this guy over that's why yeah so he he does but you don't understand where he like i i don't know uh, all right I felt the film was linear. I felt the film was A, B, C, D. It was not It was not scene A and then scene three or flipped. It wasn't that at all, which I agree is in a lot of fucking movies. We're like, that scene doesn't make any sense because that should have been in this part. I'm with you. But in this particular context, I felt it was pretty A, B, C, D is okay. really what I'm saying. I, um, yeah. But that. You're right. Out of out of, if you could ever pick a Tarantino scene for for a movie he had nothing to do with, it's definitely the 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 call it the the coin flip scene. It's and it's you get a sense of dread the entire time. Um, but give credit to that fucking actor, like he he survived that shit. And even like uh, Javier Bardem's performance is so creepy and so magnetic and. And it's he even like chastises the man. He's like, "Don't put it in your pocket. Don't, no, no, don't put it in your pocket. You, you know, otherwise it just becomes another coin." And then he's like, "Which it is." So he's like, he's fucking with this old man. Well, I mean, but see, Woody Harrelson has a great line later mm-hmm. that I think really 
kind of sums it up, right? Where he turns on me, he's very, very bluntly just goes, do you know how crazy you are? Like, yeah. like you say he's fucking with the old man. I, I don't think he's fucking with anybody. I think it's really the way his brain operates. Like, I think it's a little bit, if you took the Joker and Two-Face and combined them, uh, no, because I don't. I didn't get a split personality vibe from it. I, I, I felt like that's just who he is. I think there's part of him that is so ingrained with the 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 coin toss. Like at the end, he is pretty much borderline begging. He's OCD. Uh, is it what it is? He's very OCD. The coin's been flipped. The call has to be made, or his his OCD is just gonna like drive him insane. Right. But he's pretty much begging Carla, Carla Jean, to. He's like, you have to play this game. You have to do it. this. Is the only chance I can give you for you to walk away from this. Like, it's almost the implication is like he doesn't really want to do what he does. He just knows he's good at it, and he's probably damaged enough where he's like. I can't work at Denny's. The fuck? Mm. Look at me. Look at my fucked up hairdo. Like, look, look at how I talk. Like, I, he would be great in a slaughterhouse. Not gonna lie, um, but I think he is. I think he's he's definitely a villain. But I think he's tortured. I think he's. It's kind of like he he wants to be stopped in a roundabout way, but he doesn't want to. Like he he. he I think he's tired of himself like he's like i don't want to kill myself but i'm not gonna fucking like if you shoot me please end it is that type of ideology i, I don't I know that him. i got that from him but you know i i think he was kind of like like i said i think he was begging her you have to do this it's the ocd thing but i think he was like i just don't want to do this anymore but i have to i have to do i have to uh clean up the mess i have to fucking tie up all the loose ends and this is the one chance you get and she's like i'm not gonna play with your fucking game no and it throws him off you and i view him very differently and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but uh, you and i view him very differently i think he loves what he does i think he loves doing it i think i think there's a sense of i think i think the best way i can describe it is he's a serial killer that somebody harnessed and found a way to harness him and use his 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 tendencies to be a serial killer as a tool, you know, cause he clearly works for somebody. He's not the head of that drug cartel. He is a, he's a hitman oh, yeah. for hire. He's an enforcer. Yeah. yeah. And so someone took someone who is a, who would, who would probably be out killing all these same people. According to this, the trivia, his body counts 14 in this movie, you know, it, it, he, that's it, for confirmed. Yeah. Right. Well, no, that's even unconfirmed. They've got the unconfirmed in that. Mm. It's still 14. Um, He'd be out there killing these people if if he wasn't doing what he does and somebody found a way to harness that. And then on top of that, you add in this little bit of OCD and sanity that he's got and, you know, with the stuff like the coin flipping or whatever. Well, see, that's why I kind of likened him to the Joker with Two-Face. It's the... like the Joker is all chaos, which Anton Sugar is. He is kind of just chaos. Sure. But there's that strict moral rule code that even Two Face can't really fucking break. Like that going back to like Tommy Lee Jones, that's one of the things I didn't like about his Two Face is the constant flipping to get what he wants. Whereas 
most two-faced incarnations that I've seen. It's one flip and whatever the result is, is the result. Right. Yeah. The exception being in like when uh, Eckhart does it in The Dark Knight, he flips it for like Maroney. He's like, well, you, you survived. And he flips it again. He's he didn't. And he shoots the driver. But that's not really an that, exception. It's still one and one. It's just it's two- one and one. But he could have ended it right there. He's like, well, I didn't kill you. He's Wait. like, I, I, it's true. I didn't shoot you in the head, but you definitely did not walk away from this car accident. No, no. But, uh, but to me, that's still one to, it's still a one to one because it's different people. But I, I get the point you're going for, yeah. but I'm saying he's that... still, he's still, you know, he still killed Maroney. He just didn't fucking shoot him. Look, really... I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think the, the iteration of the, of Two-Face in Batman Forever was, was good or accurate. You know, I think Tommy Lee worked with what he had and did a fine job, but that's, you know, that's Tommy sure. Lee. That's not, I mean, that. but, but the, 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 the problems with the character and the iteration come directly from the, what the scripting and the directing had nothing to do mm-hmm. with Tommy. Sure. So, um, I, I, um, yeah, I didn't, I honestly didn't like the Llewellyn died. I kind of wanted him to get away with it. I, I honestly did. I, I wanted him to get away with it. I wanted... I wanted him to either work it out somehow with Anton or end up killing him instead, you know, and and getting away with it. The the mom was completely unnecessary and kind of stupid, except for that you needed her to like be dumb enough to give up the location of where they were going. But there's other right. ways you could have pulled that trope that. off without the mom whining about her illness, you know. I I do agree. I agree with you in that in that aspect. I also. I would have liked Llewellyn to, you know, because I think we're ingrained with like we want our heroes to win, and I think. But I never viewed him as a hero either. That's the thing. But he's the closest fucking thing. Like, look, let me give you another example. You've never seen it, but the movie Fargo, yeah, like is one of those like it's another Tarantino esque movie because it's really fucking funny, but a very dark sense. It's a very it's a black comedy for sure, and it's violent and it's grisly, and it's it's masked with this Minnesota nice accent, like oh yeah, how are you? It's nice to see you, and like awful shit is happening on screen, right? Like there there you know there's a pregnant woman, co- well I mean obviously pregnant woman, but like a pregnant cop is like oh yeah, so he. Uh, so that guy got shot in the face. Oh, don't you know? Like it's, they're talking about the grisly fucking murders, and but you, there's no heroes or or protagonists in that either. You're kind of, for, I mean, it's a pregnant cop. You kind of have to like root for her. Sure. In in no country, you, yeah, we kind of want that final. That if if Llewellyn's gonna die, we almost wish it would have been done by Anton Sugar, like well, to have was. a face. Uh, no, it was. And he just it, got it unlucky. Was, yeah, exactly. And it, I was gonna say it was, but it wasn't. It was the 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 other Mexicans. I guess the the people that had the, the cartel, drugs. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just. It was also. It felt very it, anticlimactic. To be very honest, it was. It was yeah. anticlimactic and. I wouldn't call it as disrespectful of the character because mm. oh, who gives a fuck? But it was it was more of just kind of like because you and I are both Josh Brolin fans. We put it this way: we both yeah. like Josh Brolin. We yeah. don't want him to fucking die unless he unless he's Thanos. Let's put it that way. And even then, we're like, God damn it! Do I remember when we did the Infinity War? We were both kind of like, y- you found yourself kind of liking that. <laughs> 
Josh by the end yeah, of that thing. Yeah, because we liked Josh Brolin as a, and, as a until, fucking... Until the snap, yeah. you were kind of like, hey, good, all right. I mean, like, I, I mean, people suck, but you could have just built another planet, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, um, um it, yeah, I, and I also didn't like that the girl at the pool died. I thought that was kind of, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, I understand it. Was, it, it was but, collateral damage. And it yeah, was like, oh, exactly. Right. But, um, um, I found the one thing I found really interesting and actually did want to ask you about, but we are getting a little long in the tooth here, so maybe we can try to do it shortly if we can but um if i and maybe i misunderstood the scene so Mm -hmm. if i did then it's probably a very quick answer but when when uh tommy's tommy lee's character goes back to the hotel that night before he leaves el paso and goes back to his his town he goes back to the hotel and to me it's implied that anton's there in the room, there's a very quick scene where you see him like in the dark, and there's like a brief light on him that you assume is from the headlights on the cop car. Right. And he could have killed him like that, and no one would have fucking known the wiser, you know. I interpreted that as Anton was in the adjoining room. Okay, see, that's yeah, that's where I was a little unclear. Was he in that room? Was he in the adjoining room? Because, like, honestly, I thought he would have killed the guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, if he was in that room, I figured Tommy. I when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, Tommy's dead," and then and then he wasn't. So I was like, "Oh, all right." The whole thing is, I could see both sides because clearly he was just in the room because the coin on the ground and like the 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 grate had been fucked with. Yeah, yeah. So I I think it's open to interpretation. Personally, he could be he could be on the he could be underneath the bed. Or something? No, he was clearly like in the bathroom or in a closet or something with the shot that they showed. He wasn't under the bed. He was definitely in like... Wherever he is, you could argue he's in that room or he's in the adjoining room. They, they, that was one of the things that I had to rewatch a couple times of who the fuck was in what room when Josh Brolin was in the room and then Anton was walking through and Anton is walking and it looks like he's about to bust in Josh Brolin's room and then he's like hunting down the other, the Mexican cartel with the uh, silent shotgun, which... It's not a thing. See, that's like, not what. Well, I I think if you're smart enough, you could build something to make it a thing. But it's a thing now. But at the time, it was not a thing. So it like, could have been something. He and even w- at the time when they were filming it, it was not a thing. They had to basically create that. Well, thing. that's what I'm saying. But you could see that character be that goes back to the OCD, like maybe even on a, on an autism scale, where you've got the genius and the insanity at the same time. That he could have designed something like that. That. That I I bought a hundred percent. I I I understand that it didn't exist, but I bought that he actually, like I knew you didn't go to the gun store gun store and buy a silencer for a shotgun, but I I right one hundred percent bought that he had the 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 ability to create that and make that a thing. Like I I bought that a hundred percent. Anyway, or he or he just went into the gun store. He's like, "Can you see me?" And then he shoots him. He's like, "All right, problem solved." And he just buys what the fuck he wants to buy. Well, sure, but I, I, yeah. Um, but to the point about the the rooms with Brolin, and I didn't take it that he was hunting down the Mexican cartel. And maybe I maybe I did misunderstand, but like I almost took it as because remember Josh gets the second room, Llewellyn takes the second room. 
I almost took it as he he saw these guys that needed a place, and he's like, "Hey, he I like he almost used them as a decoy, like, hey, you mm. can have my room because he has two rooms now. So he mm. goes to the new room, gives these guys the other room where he knows that or suspects he's this whoever's looking for him because he doesn't know it's Anton at the time is gonna show up. And then, yeah, I didn't I didn't think they were part of the mar- cartel. I thought they were just unfortunately random people that got used and all, that's how no. I, if they'd include a scene of him going up to them be like you guys can take there's my a lot of scenes that have some some gaps man i gotta yeah be i i think that he had two rooms and neither of them were busted in on that was a separate room i and i i'm i'm pretty sure that it's he, not i'll tell you why because at one point Anton gets up and looks into the vent, and you see the scratch marks from when Josh pushes the the suitcase all the way to the back of the vent. Mm-hmm. There's 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 scratch mark indentations in the metal from the satchel. So it's it's definitely the first room that Josh had. Now, why those people are in it is the unclear part. I won't argue with you that it's unclear, but. At one point, after he kills them, he, he Anton gets up and looks into the vent and sees. So that's the first time he unscrews with the the dime. Is he unscrews right. that vent and he sees the the scrape marks in the vent from the from the satchel. I I mean I just watched it, but I feel like I need to like go on Wikipedia and like double check it. Like, let me just yeah. Give me one second. Let me see. Uh, okay. <laughs> Following an electronic tracking device hidden for the, in the money, Shigeru goes to Moss's motel room and kills a group of Mexicans who are waiting to ambush Moss. So they're trying to also get the money. They presumably also have a tracker. Okay, but so then, so then here, here's my argument for why the indent's in there. Right? They got into Tommy into Llewellyn's room while Llewellyn's not there and waiting for him to return. So that could in, be it. They're in his room waiting for him to kill him themselves, and Anton gets there trying to kill Llewellyn and ends up killing all of them instead. But this is what they also say. This was what Wikipedia says. Sure. Moss has rented a second room adjacent to the Mexicans' room yep. with access to the duct where the money is hidden. Yep. He retrieves the briefcase just before Sugar opens the duct. Correct. Right. right. And all that all that part was all clear to me. What was unclear to me was why the Mexicans were in not unclear, they, but my my interpretation why the Mexicans were in his room. I I can go with they were the cartel and they broke in waiting for him to get home. Right. Well, and, ultimately they won. Like I mean, that's really they're the ones they who gunned his ass down. It wasn't those obviously the same guys. Well, obviously, dead, but it's, yeah, it's the same cartel. It's the same like you know I don't know the the same club. <laughs> and going back to the to what happens at the end of the fugitive, like yes, Anton gets in the car accident and and leaves, you know, with the broken arm or whatever. But like, you don't know what his end game is at that point. Like, is he was he was he done or was he still going after the satchel? Because hey, in his world, he's not done the mission. So the question then becomes, you know, like he kills her, but the but the satchel is. I, it was because he wasn't working for the cartels. If he was, he wouldn't have killed all those Mexicans in the room. I thought he. I interpret that he did get the money. Hang on, hang on. No, because you just said yourself the Mexicans get the money when they when they wipe out Llewellyn at the. No, no, no. At the, they shot him 
But with that scene where there's that dime on, you know, in the grave that Tommy Lee Jones is in, we think Sugar is going to fucking shoot him. That makes me think that Sugar figured out and, and found the money because he was on to the whole. So the was Mexicans just in- killed him and left? Didn't. Is that I'm I'm just asking. I'm not They they probably shot him and then left because they saw the cops were coming and they didn't have enough time to do anything. And but Sugar fucking like went and... in and it's like, well, I'm gonna get a fucking money. Now that, that I don't have to dodge Josh Brolin's bullets, I can fucking go look for this money. Um But but he also asks Carla Jean where the money is when she when he's talking to her in the bedroom. I don't think he said. I think he wanted. I think he sent her some money. He wanted the full amount, but he had the majority of the lion's share. He went and fucked with Carla Jean because, he, because yeah, yeah, uh, the right, the he, whole she. He basically threatened her life, and he said, "I will offer you her an out. You come see me, or I will come and get her." That's why I'm saying he's got this weird moral code where he's like, "I have to stick to my guns." I said I was going to hunt her down if he didn't do this. Now I'm hunting her down. And I'll give her her one last chance. See, to that me, that's not it. moral code. That was the OCD. The mission has to be completed, and that became part of the mission. So that's that's the OCD, uh, autism spectrum, whatever thing that this guy has. You know, so could be. Um, yeah, I I think he did get the money. He was just yeah. You you you're probably right. He's sticking to moral code or OCD or whatever. That's why I'm saying he he's. He's an agent See, of chaos I, with the, a bunch the, of really fucking hard rules. The thing I don't like about using moral code for I'm not I'm not believe me, I'm not arguing with you or giving you shit, but the thing I don't like about using moral code for describing him is to me the words moral code mean there's a positive. There's nothing positive about what this okay, motherfucker's doing. The key word is not moral, the key word is code. code he yes, has a code, code. Code right. I mean if 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 you want to say someone has a moral code in this, it, it is Llewellyn because of taking the water back to the guy, even though I think that was a stupid thing to do. That's Correct. more of a moral code than than what Anton's got, for sure. Correct. So um, listen, overall, man, I, 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 you know, I went into this going, okay, this is going to be interesting, especially with the, the no country. I was kind of like, eh, about that one more than anything. Um, well, I'm going- glad you watched it because it's, that, that is one of those movies where it's like, whether you like it or not, it's one of those movies you should see. No, and I, and I did, and yeah. I did enjoy it, honestly. Like, that'd be another one, like, that, just, just to stick with the analogy I've been using all night, like I said to you earlier, if you were saying to me about the Fugitive U.S. Marshals or, or, or Double Jeopardy, hey man, I'm gonna put it on, do you mind? I'd probably be like, nah, and I'd be looking at my phone, whereas if you came to me and said, I'm gonna put on No Country, I'd be like, fuck, dude, turn that shit on, let's go. I'm gonna right. grab a beer, I'll be right back. You know, like, that's one that I would sit down and watch again. You know what I mean? I don't care. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously. We're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live. Fuck it. Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on getvocal.com slash pod askew. That is vocal spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time 
which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass, but I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally... And most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. Call it. Damn it. Thank you.